Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague and had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a podcast. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? He improvised all of that, right? Or at least some of it. I think he improvised. He, he improvised a lot. the Juilliard Harvard thing for sure. It's so good. Did he go to Juilliard Harvard? No. Did he go to Beetlejuice? Did. But did yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm cracking out the notebook. Oh, uh, right for now. fuck's sake! Because here's the thing. <sighs> Wait, can I just before you go into here's the thing? Can I tell you the quote that you should have done? Uh huh. Okay, you either should have just done podcast, podcast, podcast. Hilarious already. Would have been funny. I considered it. Pretty good. Uh, you should have done. You know, I'm only truly happy when I'm podcasting. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. And also, don't you guys agree? Don't you love? Yes, I do agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to explain. I've taken out my notebook. It's my Incredibles 2 notebook. It's beautiful. Meant for children. It actually says sketchbook on the side. We're cracking it open, starting it right now. We need to set out clear rules because if any of us say the B word more than three times, more than two times in this episode, (laughs) we're fucked. So David has one tally. Yeah, okay, but as we agreed, there are three different uses of the word. Correct. You're allowed to say the title of this movie twice. Yes. You're allowed to refer the character by name twice. Correct. And, and you're allowed to talk about the animated series twice. Correct. <laughs> but you and, have to say the title like as if it's in italics. Itali- no, like, no. Are you no, sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I would like to hear what that sounds like from you, though. No, because I already, I already said the character's name once. I can only do it so many times. We can all do it two times, though. Yes. Now, the movie makes it clear, like it's the same person has to say it. Now, our guests, we're we're both performers, so we understand. Like, you got to really make the distinctions clear. You got to add some spin on the line readings, make it italicized. David is is a man of words. You know what I'm saying? He's mm. a man of letters. He does understand, know. and we we might have to like get into some sort of like, uh, you know. Uh, I, I I don't know what the term I'm looking for is. I mean, I don't know how to figure out when you're using which. You got to make your you got to make your I'm, usages very clear. Yeah. If you're not also, I can them. refer to the star in the sky as many times as I like. Mm. That's not true. You can only refer to it twice. It's different. Title animated. Character. Honestly, I'm here's another this thing my I want to complicated spreadsheet. Another thing yeah. I want to say though. Yeah, I think we can refer to the animated series as many times as we want because, like, if we summon that thing, like, I don't know. What we don't have like a lot to fear. Musical? Mm-hmm. Musical counts for two. You know what? Yes. Okay. So it's everyone gets a grand total of eight. Eight. Sure. But you can't <laughs> say I want to only use one musical and three titles. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you just can't do more than two. Can't Hello, everybody. My name is Griffin. Yeah. I'm David Sims. Uh, this is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. It's a podcast about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their career. Given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce baby. Yep. Wow. A mini series about to be in the room. To be in the room, <laughs> to see it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> it's a mini series about the film. This is live, by the way. This everyone. is live. Yes. We're every time you download this episode, we have to run back to the studio <laughs> and do it again. Um, I don't know why we agreed to these terms. Uh, is Mini Series on the Films of Tim Burton? 
called Podward Scissor Cast. Yep. And I'm going to use one right here. We could have done Poddle Juice. <laughs> I like that. You're towing it's a so dangerous gross. line. It's a dangerous line, but I'm towing it. You're towing it. <laughs> the title of the film that we're talking about today is Beetlejuice. I, yeah, wow. So you're crossing one, one of yours no. off. Yep. yep. Okay. See, here's the star, Ben. Star? It's a star. It's it's part of the Orion system. You don't know about stars? Orion constellation. I should Ben's say. more of a moon guy. Producer Ben, the Ben Deuce, the Poet Laureate, the Hans. It's one of the largest stars visible to the naked eye. Tiebreaker. Fartmaster. Fuckmaster. Fart Detective. I am. It's so big that if we put it in our solar system, it would consume all of the like small planets, like all the way to Mars. Like that's how large it is. It would take up all of that space. It's a red giant. He's not the fuck. I love red giants. It's not Professor Crispy. He's the fuck master. Red. Sorry. I'm sorry. A red super giant. Hello, Ben. Producer Ben Kenobi. Ben, I can't want Ben. Say it. Say anything. Dot, dot, dot. Ailey Ben's with the dollar sign. I'm into. Right. And it's uh, it's mass. I can't even do this math. Ben 19, the funnel maker. Don't forget. Benglish. Mr. Ben Credible. Robo Haas. And Eat Drink Ben Hosley. Oh, and then the other one. The Hosliday? Yep. Yeah, cool. The ho- wait, the say hosla- that again. The Hosla the Day. Ooh, th- that is what I would say is sweaty. Is sweaty, yeah. <laughs> a little sweaty, a little sweaty. perspiration Pretty on the brow there. Glossy, my friend. Uh, our guest today, who has spoken before, uh, so we've introduced times. her because that's what <laughs> you're supposed to do. Because you know, because you yeah. are one of the most important supporters in the history of this podcast. Like a woman, all I do is support men. No, I'm not saying <laughs> that. I'm just kidding. Booster. Yes. It's true. I'm the reason for the season. You're the, the reason for the season. That you're doing shows. You're our Santa Claus. Sure. Ho, ho, ho. Because you're you're an amazing <laughs> performer and podcaster in your own, right? Wow. Classroom clock. Wow. Classroom crush. That's Classroom what I do. Cluck. No, truly, I don't know how to say the name of my own podcast either. Classroom which is cluck so fun. is the name of the show. I'm like, do I have a lisp? Cool. Classroom cluck. Classroom crush is your podcast. It is. But you used to write for Podmask. I was a pod mask girl That's true. living in a high tech digital world. Uh, you were a teen reporter pretending to be an adult. Yes, I was a liar. A liar. And broke and laws. <laughs> Probably. Yes, I did. And you you got us a lot of uh, sort of uh, recognition. You, you pushed us onto a larger stage. You know, it was my pleasure and I still do it. Do you know that I was literally at a bar last night, like literally on a date, which is disgusting. Hey, congratulations. Um, to be on a date. Um, it's the only, it's the second one I've been on since I got here. And uh, since you got to New York? Yeah. Because you're usually all about dating. Oh, but. No, I'm all about dating. Uh, but, hey, come on. Yeah. Notorious Ho, David Sims. Thank you. Yeah. Um, there was this guy next to me at the bar who was not my date. Okay. He was an older married man, which is my demo. They love me. <laughs> cool. Somehow started to be in this conversation. Somehow this came up. And then here I was explaining what blank check is to um, the people. So yeah. I still do it Here's every day. See that, Thank you. That Rebecca Bolnes bump. Yeah. Bolnes You're going to see the Bolnes bump. For um, sure. David, remind me, was your one usage uh, for the character for character. the title? Okay. I just want to He went to Juilliard clear. and Harvard uh, Business School yes. or wherever he says mm-hmm. he went. Yeah. Okay. So my spreadsheet is officially done now. So let's talk about Beej himself because oh. that's my workaround. Yeah. Going to okay. go ahead and register a formal objection. Ben, could you note it in the log <laughs> uh, to referring to the character as Beej? And I will refer to him as my BF. That's fine. Because mm-hmm. I like him. That's fine. That's acceptable. But Ben, can you note that in the log? This, this is a new bit I want to do where you where I tell you to note things in the log. I like it. All right, hold on. 
Uh, okay. And it's noted. Because, like, in Star okay. Trek, it's always, like, the captain's like, you know, blow up that spaceship. And the other person's like, I object. And the captain's like, I'll note it in the log. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole conversation. Yeah. I'll go back and check that log after I blow up the spaceship. <laughs> anyway. That, uh, that feels like the formal Star Trek version of take a picture will last longer. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. So, um, Yeah. Beetlejuice. Yeah, I have nothing. I have oh, nothing to add about this. Okay, Star which Trek one thing. was that so. title? Okay. Of the animated series. Let's talk wow. about it. Okay. He's I going. watched it a lot when I was a kid. I'm sure I watched it before I saw this movie. Same here. Yeah. Truly, have never seen a clip. N- nope. Interesting. Nope. I guess you're. And will I? No. Because it was. I don't. It's not a series that lasted in the zeitgeist. It was an early 90s thing. Correct. But played on Cartoon not Network mid-90s? or what have that you. Was, you know. That was the big thing. I no. think. Both Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon played it at points in time in reruns. So it only ran for like maybe two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. 89 to 91. But mm. um, it was Fox Kids uh, and ABC. Oh, ABC moved. and then Fox Kids. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but then it was in rotation a lot. Like I remember it being the show that would come on after the show I actually wanted to watch. If it was like Rugrats was at like 630. Mm. Then at seven o'clock you might be getting a little beach. You might be getting a little beach. You're using it again. Yes. Even though the, the strong protest. We noted it in the log. It's in the log. In the log. Hey, what Ben, up? is it in the log? Wrote it, wrote it down. <laughs> um, and right. And so when I saw the this TV show, I was like, oh, B, B, mm. BJ mm-hmm. uh-huh. is about uh, like this kooky ghost guy. Yes. <laughs> Who's best friends with like a teenage girl and they have adventures. That's together. the whole he premise. A kooky and guy. then so when I eventually come around to seeing the movie, which is probably years later, because I think the movie was was scary. Like a I, spooky, I, a little spooky. I think it was like yeah. I want to look up its rating. Like in Britain, it's I think it was PG. kind of not not in well. Is it was it a PG? That's the whole thing. Is that it's, it's like violent. It's before is the it? PG thirteen era of like that it, that it was a PG movie that had fuck in it. The word fuck. Yeah, and that got, was like a scandal. So, yeah, you're right. It's a PG. That's insane. Crazy. Which is so crazy. It should probably not be a PG. No. no. Um. So uh, now, now because of the fuck, because of all the you know head pulling yeah, and yeah, you know, it's like, it's gore, uh, a morbid movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So whenever I was, I didn't realize that Beetlejuice. Oh boy, that's the character. So yep. I'm done on the character. Correct. Uh, was not all over the thing. You know yes. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, who, who is Alec Baldwin doing here? Right. Because the format of the cartoon is uh, the Maitlands are not in it at all. Right. It is Lydia, them, her dumb. parents, and then the ghost with the most, Beach himself. It's my favorite. He's the ghost with the most, babe. And I it, love that. it's either like within an episode, like she has a problem at school and he'll use some supernatural ghost magic to help her, or he asks her to come with him to the land of the dead. And a lot of it is Lydia as this living girl. Surrounded by like the shrunken head guy, mm. right? There are a lot of other new original. Characters. She had sort of like a, a poncho. She she would always be wearing this sort of cape thingy. Yes, um, and uh, she's goth. Yeah, uh, she was a goth. Beach himself wears the striped suit all the time, exclusively. Right, it's good luck. And he's kind of like like put upon. Like he's like, like he's not a little stinker. Like he's like mm. uh, you know a ghost with a lot of abilities, but he's always like ah, I got this problem. Uh, I think Dan Castellaneta voices him, maybe. No, oh, I don't think so. Really? It's, uh, well, let me look it up. Here we go. Burton did produce it, mm-hmm. um, and Mister B is voiced by Stephen Umiette. 
Umiette. Oh, wow. Umiette, Stephen Umiette. Uh, he is Canadian. Uh, graduate of the University of Windsor, of course. Okay, we know him well uh, as the voice of Angel in the X Men oh, animated okay. series. Okay. Oh. Um, but yes, it's very much a buddy show. I had seen that for years uh, before seeing the movie and saw the movie and was like, God, I'm already like an hour and a half in. Beach Where's my guy? Answered. When are they going to become best friends and go on adventures together? Mm-hmm. Um, it is a weird thing. Culture. A lot of people I've talked to uh, of our age have said they had the exact same right. relationship. Because we're just a little younger. This movie came out in 1988. Mm-hmm. We were little babies. You maybe not have even existed. Negative yet. one years old. Right. And uh, it was a little baby. Ben was Ben was a little baby. I saw the movie though. What, when you were like <laughs> three years old or whatever. Yeah. In really? I remember being really young. Yeah. Because like I'm gonna say this right now. Beetlejuice and I are. Fucking best friend. Okay, and you character, yep. title. The character. Are you friends Musical? with the movie? He's talking about his friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking about yeah. my friend. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my cousin, who's uh, older, showed me this movie when he was babysitting me mm-hmm. one time. Uh, I was yeah. definitely really young, but I was just like instantly It's obsessed. always the cousin. Yeah. It is always Freak. the cousin. Yeah. Freaky little cousin. And I remember it distinctively because this is like when I was like, oh, I can fuck with my parents constantly right. and be like a monster. And oh, I that's think, what, that was your takeaway? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to be like Beetlejuice. Ooh. <laughs> okay. okay. You're out of character You're done. Wow. I'm really good at this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I have. So do you feel like, uh, yeah, Rebecca's the only one with a clean slate. <laughs> um, do you feel like uh, Beej was the first character to like encourage you to be a little stinker? Like you talk a lot about like Clifford and like that sort right. of like antagonistic relationship Famously. with your parents. Once you drink the juice. <laughs> yeah. So Go on. Back. Yeah. And by that you mean come his come. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's exactly a Bechdel cast shout out. Yes. Are we going for? Yeah. All right. It comes yeah. dry scabs. I want to be on the record. Yeah. I think he comes dry scabs. All right. mm. They're chewy, but they're good. Oh, it's interesting. Oh, everyone deleted the episode. That's it. Interesting. interesting. Okay. Zero listeners at this point going forward. Listen, good. if you think yeah. listen, we've got a lot of things that are gonna happen for me personally. This is gonna be a very sexual episode. Yes. So just uh, you know. Hey, listeners, just hope you're alone in a room because you might just get real horned uh, up by this podcast. All right. This has you been, know, this you has been a horn warning. You don't want to be on public transit. Horn. You're yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, happening? we're blowing our horny horn yeah. to let people know <laughs> this episode's going to get thirsty. So uh, Tim Burton makes Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Surprising. Does Sleeper well. hit. They immediately offer him. Oh, I also I saw this on a porch. <laughs> you, yeah, and there's another porch movie? Definitely a porch film. Wow. wow. The porch canon. If I there's think... a porch in the film. That's true. There is a nice, weird nice one. Nice wraparound porch. Yeah. 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 Might have been a den, but I want to say it's a porch. Okay. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> Very different things. Den yeah. and porch. For example, one inside, <laughs> one out. Yes. I remember uh, it being cold. The floor. Oh, put on a jacket. <laughs> put on a sweater, please, young Ben. One day Ben's gonna like at the Metrograph have his porch retrospective. <laughs> Movies I saw on porch. No, it'll be at like MoMA and they'll replicate the porch. Right, you'll get to experience <laughs> it, the cold it has, porch. Right, it has it'll to be, immersive. be like an installation. <laughs> yeah. Immersive theater. There'll be like a ditch man nearby shouting in his ditch language. So Ben's first language was ditch language. I, oh, please, I'm aware. It took a while for You get him to drunk learn. enough, he regresses back to it. Yeah, it comes out. Ding dong, ding oh, dong, into ding the dong. Door. Hey, hey, come on. Okay. Okay. But there's nothing. 
Oh my god. Some kind of floating sheets. Ghoul. Floating sheets is usually sheets. a ghost. I mean but look, feel these. These are like kind of like buttery, like hotel grade sheets. Oh yeah, these are really soft. These are luxe sheets. Griffin, it's me, Adam Maitland. And it's me, Barbara Maitland. Oh my god, David, it's the Maitlands from Beetlejuice, but they've upgraded their sheets. I could have sworn that was Albert Brooks. It's not, it's me. Adam Maitland. Um, well, they And this uh, is a very accurate impression. Of Barbara Maitland. Sure, Gina Davis. Yes. Uh, well, they you guys love your sheets. Sheets very important to the experience for you guys. We do. We tried to use them to scare the Dietzes, but it didn't work. And it seems like you've upgraded. That was the problem. The Dietzes are elitists. We oh. needed some fancy sheets. They wouldn't even look at the cheap sheet. The thread count was too low. But the thing about Brooklyn is it's five-star hotel sheets, but... They're inexpensive because they work directly with, directly with manufacturers. That's why we don't feel so bad about cutting the holes in them. Right. There's Barbara. no middlemen. You can get quality sheets that are affordable. And they got 20 colors and patterns. Tw- more than 20. You don't have to make a deal with some sort of Beetlejuice figure. Adam, please watch yourself. You only said it one time. I only said Beetlejuice once. Oh, Adam? Boy. Adam? Um, well, Adam... Yes. My Brooklyn and sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. So now it's time for your upgrade. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer for just my listeners. You can get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code check at brooklinen.com. What do you think of that? That sounds like a great deal. Do you mind if I just say something into the mic here for a second? Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Adam Maitland and here's the thing. My guest today. Wait, no, no, you can't, you can't host a the podcast episode. in the middle of this ad. We're doing an ad. God, these ghosts. Brooklyn is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code check at brooklinen.com. That's B R O K L I N E N.com. Promo code check. $20 off. There's free no shipping. reason to be uh, scared sheetless by these prices, huh? I get it. They rejected that title. Yeah, and they have drawn a chalk door on the wall. And <laughs> oh, now, it's rumbling. Why didn't they use the first door that they entered from? That's the ding dong door. Oh, okay. So uh, Tim Burton makes Pew's Big Adventure. It's a big hit. Warner's is in on him. David Geffen is in on him. Mm. And uh, they go, why make another Pee Wee movie? We're definitely making another Pee Wee movie. He's doing his TV show, but we want another one of these. But he had fallen in love with the script that Warner Brothers and Geffen had. That at the time was, of course, called House Ghost. House Ghost is my favorite thing that's ever been written on in words. They should have <laughs> called this movie House Ghost. A very clear, high-concept premise. There are going to be some ghosts in that house. Right. It, it, what it, if there uh, were ghosts <laughs> in a house? A couple dies. They come back to their home. They want to stay they there. They like the house. Right. So new, they decide to be house ghosts. New family moves in, and the ghost can't figure out how to scare the people out of it. Was Mr. B in the house ghost script? Correct. Yeah. Now, that's what I think is incredible is no one describes the plot of this film that way. But that is the plot of this movie. That's the, Of course it's the plot and of this movie. And then Mr. B is one element of it. Sure. But I they, mean, like, he's like the seventh lead. Correct. Mm. If if that. He gets the and. Yeah, he gets the and. He deserves the and. He's a very and. He's he's the epitome of an and. Right. But in the process of, like, developing this film, they're like, well, the title's bad. Not, it's not the most arresting. T- I, li- yeah. I like House Ghosts. Right. But so they kept on going through different titles. Scared Sheetless was one of them. Well, Hilarious. Wasn't, isn't Scared Sheetless the one that Burton suggested, like, as, as a, a joke? joke? And they were yes. like, hmm. 
yeah, right. that's good. It's like such like an older like white person thing to be like, hey, wait a minute. The now that's funny. Yes. <laughs> it's like, get a life. Uh, until they finally came up with uh, calling the movie by the name of this character, who then becomes the title character. But he's kind of like Jaws, you know? Sure. Like the movie's not about him. It's about the looming threat of him. Sort of. By giving him the the title position, the movie really tips its hand to making him feel so epic. I mean, he he is freaking epic though, bro. <laughs> but no, but that's what I find so fascinating about it because it's like placing him as as the title character mythologizes him before you even start watching the movie. Yeah. And then he's like prime position on the poster. Sure. And you're like, give me that guy. Give me that that crusty guy. Right. I gotta find him. Um, but uh, of course he reads this script and he goes, I know exactly who I want to play the ghost with the most himself, Sammy, Sammy Davis, Davis Jr. <laughs> yep. Duh. Fights very hard for it. Warner Brothers is like, are you fucking kidding How old me? is Sammy Davis Jr. at this point? 70? Dead. And because he's because he's a ghost, mm. and they're like, okay, I got it. Could save money on effects and makeup. He's yeah, he's only sixty. Oh my really? God. Yeah, because he so died mean. at the age of sixty-four. Jeez, he oh. was an old sixty-four. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I take it back. Yeah, joke is bad. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> I love Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, you you like Sammy? Of course. Uh, tell me a favorite Sammy <laughs> tune. A favorite Sammy tune? Mm. Oh, no, I God. like him in like okay. Ocean's Eleven and like uh, okay. on the roasts and shit. He's he's always talking about how Jewish he is. That's true. That's why I love Sammy Davis Jr. Okay, I thought I thought you were a fan of the music. That we're gonna get some crooning. From I David. don't know if I That's could a, if I could name like a, a song of his because he was more like he would sing like the standards, right? Like he would he would come out and he'd he'd hit you with the classics. <laughs> I, don't I don't know <laughs> what kind of classics, David. Give us a little taste. <laughs> I'm just going to try and get David yeah, to right. sing. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to sing. I, that, that's what you're going for. You're in trouble. I just found something insane here in the IMDb trivia. Sure. Ahem. The original script was a horror film. Oh, yeah. And featured Mr. Goose, my my mm. edit there. Sure. As a winged reptilian demon who transformed into a small Middle Eastern man to interact with the Maitlands and the Deeds. Yes, I knew the small Middle Eastern man detail. Yeah. Like it was going to be like a guy with a fez. Well, hold on. We're just starting the roller coaster ride here. Lydia was a minor character with her six-year-old sister Kathy being the Dietz child able to see the Maitlands. Mm. Mr. Goose's goal was to kill the Dietzes rather than frighten them away and included sequences where he mauled Kathy in the form of a rabid squirrel and tried to rape, rape Lydia. Lydia. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's got that vibe he's <laughs> in, in this okay, movie. I mean, I mean he's can, predatory. Can I, can I say that literally his, inter, his introduction... Um, not including the commercial, like when we really see him interact mm. with someone for the first time, is him like fully sexually assaulted. Oh, He's yes. like, cool, surprise kiss. Yes. Yeah. You know? Um, but Michael McDowell, uh, one of the one of the writers, mm -hmm. of he's like a Paul Parr writer. Yeah. So he probably wrote kind of a fucked up thing. And you're like, that is a good high concept hook is like, uh, okay, so it's a movie from the perspective of the ghosts kind of trying Wait, to scare the people real quick? out of the house. Yeah. The goose with the moose? Is that anything? Yeah, no, that's definitely something. That is one hundred percent something. Okay, I'm glad okay. I said it. Go on. <laughs> I'm uh, still, I'm still weighing whether that's something. I'm gonna put that in the log. <laughs> yeah, put that right in the log. <laughs> but I think it is. Use the highlighter too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of these weird scripts that like went through the ringer and kept on getting transformed, and oftentimes that like is a nightmare in Hollywood, where like there's the famous story of like the guy sells uh, what was it called Nottingham. 
for like $2 million to Universal that was like... Is that a Robin Hood thing? Right, and it was like, here's the premise. It's a movie from the perspective of the sheriff of Nottingham right. and Robin Hood's the bad guy. And Hollywood went crazy for this fucking script and they were like, here's the thing. Christian Bale's going to play Robin Hood. I vaguely Russell Crowe's right. going to play the sheriff of Nottingham. Then Russell Crowe got Ridley Scott to sign on. Then they started rewriting the script and they were like, actually, what if it's just Robin Hood? <laughs> right. Because I think Ridley Scott came board is like, let's just do like a war movie. Like, let's just do Robin right. Hood. Right. But it was like, they, I love war. They had spent like yeah, $2 million dollars for a concept that they completely threw out. And also because it's like, that's not worth two, $2 million. Someone just like make a movie about the villain instead of the hero. Sure. But it's just one <laughs> of those. Twisted. Apparently, the, it no, is a little twisted. There was a full draft that I think was supposed to be good. You know, it's sure, not that's just, fine. They yeah, didn't just right. pay for the concept. It'd be better, though, if someone just came in and was like. Robin Hood always fights the Sheriff of Nottingham. We yeah. all know this. Slide. You know, like. <laughs> what if he's a little stinker? <laughs> I'm going to um, break the record for how many times I can say a little stinker. One imagine up. you're the Sheriff of Nottingham. You're trying to be a sheriff. Yeah. You're collecting the taxes. Yeah. You're running a municipality here. You and this jerk Robin Hood living in a forest. You're just a workaday Joe. In clocking in, clocking out, nine to five, trying to take from the poor, give to the rich, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a broken system, but systems have to be respected. And have you seen this guy, Little John? <laughs> He's not even little. He's gigantic. He's big. These Jesus people are liars. Christ. They're liars. <laughs> They're committing three crimes. Robbery, fraud, right. vigilanteism. The mainstream media is trying to tell you that capitalism is bad. That just because we have money, we're the bad guys. Boy, oh boy. What a great movie. Maybe Robin Hood is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Maybe that's like who she... She's Robin Hood? Yeah. Okay, we're getting political. You know what I'm saying? This is crazy. And maybe, like, that's my new take on Robin Hood is, like, um, actually, like, Mitch McConnell is the sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah, and we don't like him. No. I'm glad that you took a sip there to reset <laughs> so we can just move on. Hard yeah. reset and then start the episode now. Um, but the script sort of evolves, and I think Burton latches onto the premise, and obviously as a guy who loves sort of, like, gonzo, supernatural... It's got this world he can he can represent, you know, the world of the dead, right? Well, and yeah. this is the first time that he really gets to do his thing of the juxtaposition between like the very kitschy, suburban, sort of 1950s style aesthetic, you know? Mm. Which he's doing in a more naturalistic kind of way in this movie. Yeah. You know, the Maitlands are very much like a kind of 50s couple, oh, even God, though the movie takes so place in the 80s. Dumb. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then his sort of gonzo, like, full visual extremism kind of uh, thing. A couple of things I want to note. Yeah. Mm. The original script was McDowell only. Okay. And he had written an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents that Tim Burton had directed. The Jar? The so Jar. Starring Griffin uh, Dunn. Griffin Dunn. Which yeah. was then, I think, uh, him trying to get Burton hired on for After Hours came out of that. Right. So, yeah. like, maybe that was also part of the connection. Mm -hmm. But... Um, Burton fires McDowell and replaces him with Warren Scarron. Okay. So I guess Warren Scarron revamps it, it to make it more purpose. comedic. Right. Right. And you, you know what's so crazy is that his name's Scarron and, you know, there's a little, there's some Scarron. There is some Scarron going on. It's <laughs> a group. I mean, who, who for all produced, I know, his name is like Scarron. <laughs> who, who produced <laughs> this movie? It. Some Scarron. Rupert Spookin? <laughs> no, it's uh, Larry Wilson. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Warren Scarron, who also He's wrote Scarin. Batman. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, or or co-wrote it with uh, Sam, Sam Hammond, Hammond. right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
uh, you pointed out to me, I didn't realize, this is Alec Baldwin's literally his second movie ever? It's his second credit. I will triple check that. After doing now. TV, after doing soap operas. Yeah, he'd been Nazi in Knott's Landing. Landing. He'd been on stage. Yeah. Uh, he'd only retired from public life at that point like six or seven six times. Six or seven times, <laughs> right. It is, so basically in 1987, mm-hmm. he's in Forever Lulu Jeez. in a supporting role, okay. whatever that is. Yeah. She's never Here, gonna stop being. Here's Lulu. his nineteen eighty eight. He has five movies. Jesus Christ. So he was the Jude Law of his time. Yes. So he's a supporting role in and he's supporting in all of these except yeah. for like Beetlejuice, honestly. Uh, ooh. That's the title. I know. But you got one in that column. I just want you to know you have a total of four. Yeah. Okay. Beetlejuice. That's the musical I'm referring Jesus to. Jesus Christ. Okay, five. Uh all right. So uh he was in She's Having a Baby. Mm-hmm. She is? Uh, she's which very good in a small He's part. quite good. It's he a Kevin pops. Bacon, yeah. Elizabeth McGovern. Uh, he's in Married to the Mob, which he's hilarious, and he gets and, murdered very fast, but he's and very people, funny. But, and he's like so sexy Super in that sexy. movie, so confident. I remember like my dad telling me like that was the you moment where everyone the mob, like, no. You would love this movie. lots oh. of boys? Oh, yeah. It's some boys, but also it's just like a lot of tood. A lot I of like yeah, it's It's great. But I yeah, watch I, it. Becca will probably go gaga for Modine in that movie. Sure. He's Modine's got like a, cutie. a whole contraption Ooh, he uses to like put on his clothes every morning. Okay, yeah. he's freaky. It's a great movie. <laughs> um, but that's he's really like fucking sexy. He's got a lot of charisma in that movie. It's a really strong supporting part. Yeah. Okay, noted. Put um, it in the log, man. He's in Working Girl, <laughs> okay. which he also yes. has a supporting role in. Yeah. Uh, he's in Talk Radio, uh, which is a, a great, yeah. uh, the Oliver Stone Bogosian movie, mm-hmm. which he's like sort of the second lead in. And he's in this movie. This movie. Uh, Called Beetlejuice. I just wow. wanted to okay. get my, yeah. no, you know, please. get in it. Fair. And uh, he's first build. First build. He is the lead of this movie, which yeah. no one remembers. Which is crazy because his performance is like 60% ass. Like his ass. Did you not notice this? How his ass is just like his on tight display. butt in those. Uh, looks amazing. Yeah. He I mean, looks so in those good. Slacks. He's got the light hair, right. which he, yeah. you don't really see on Alec Baldwin he's much. He's so sexy in this. And this it's is, the glasses too. The oh, glasses yeah. are so, so great. Um, because in this period where he is like ungodly, uh, beautiful, right? Yeah, good-looking yeah. guy. Very often he's playing this sort of like greasy machismo thing, like mm-hmm. you know, Slicked married to the mob, yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. a little too slick, a little bit like. How did his head get so wide? Yeah, it's crazy. Steroids, like, it, maybe. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, like Barry Bonds. Yeah. Like he just sort of like, Rains, Yeah, he was yeah. he was dosing. Like, like your like, head, your ears, like things yeah. grow, but no, it's like it's his though grew his wider. Skull. No, yes, this correct. this phenomenon has happened to me twice. So like I grew up, you know, obviously Greece was one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. and like did you know he is beautiful in that movie, and then I I at some point just like saw. Um, oh my God, now I don't even, what's his name? John Travolta. John Travolta, yes. there we go. Yeah, I just don't know who John Travolta is. No, I remember He's seeing big. him in like later stuff. I'm like, what happened to his head slash face? Yeah, when did his eyeballs Same get Same thing fat? happened with Baldwin. But also, because when I watched this movie, I was so swept up in the sexual charisma of Beetlejuice. I did like not, n- oh no. No, it's fine. It's okay, fine. You only got two. It's okay. It's okay. I just want to say I'm currently in the lead. No, but I. I but when <laughs> Wait, I was so young. race. <laughs> listen, when I was young, I didn't, I truly did not even notice that Alec Baldwin is hot in this. And then it only took me watching yeah. it later as a more of an adult to be like, oh, because I was always like, I don't get the Alec Baldwin thing. Like, he's not hot. And then I was like, wait, okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, he's rocking like some really strong, like norm core. Like yes. Alec Baldwin is daddy in this movie. Ooh, the flannel tucked. Yes, please. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely daddy. But it's also, I would argue. Idiot, this and is, I should teach him. <laughs> I would argue this is the only time that he has really played a normal person. Mm. Like, he's usually doing so much. And I'm not saying that yeah. in a bad way. Not Doesn't over the top. No, no, I mean, I, you, you hit me with that take last night. Yeah. I mean, 
in the hunt for Red October, which is not long after, I'd say that's the he's playing a semi-normal this. person, yes. but it's almost he's almost too normal. Where he's just like, look, I'm just the guy who reads books and knows about submarines, and you're like, what cool. the fuck is up with you? Do you have like a sex dungeon? And I will yeah. say, I will say also, I think he's great in that movie. I think Jack Ryan has a sex dungeon. He I is think great he in that does. Movie. He's the best Jack Ryan by far. I agree. Yeah, but I also think there is a little bit of the, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. I think he's wearing it very well, but the self-affected sort of like. This is my shot at being a movie star. I'm going to have the movie star swagger For in this sure. movie. Because his hair's doing a little flippity flip. Right. Like, this know? is very much just like a normal guy performance. He's mm-hmm. not coming in with that sort of like, you know, that vibe. He's um, like, yeah. honey, you know? And then yeah. it's like, okay, we like that. You know, I've never seen like, I'm Lydia. trying to think of like movie. Never seen like The Juror. What's he like in The Juror? I don't know, but I think at that point, like, he's very much like, like flops. that's like his version of, like, trying to figure out what his Tom Cruise movie star persona is, well, you know? The, the edge is great. Yeah I, mean, yeah. I like his swaggering 90s performances, like, like Miami Blues. Yeah. Uh, he's great in Glengarry Glenn Ross, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, he's he's amazing in Malice, where he gives that Aaron Sorkin thing where he's like, I am God, yeah. like, talking about being a doctor. I'll, I'll even, I'll refine it even more. I think this is his only non-big swing and dick performance. Yeah, that's the thing. That's it's the like, big he thing. He becomes just like a... <clears throat> he becomes a confidence like man. Yeah. Right, and sometimes it's as, like, a scumball, and sometimes it's as your yeah, hero. Yeah, because he's, like, truly pathetic in this movie. Like, yeah, he's just uh, like in, a... Like a way pathetic. He's a bit pathetic. No, he's not. He's, like, he's a really lame guy. That's yeah. just nice. He loves his you know. model. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's cute. It's cute. I can say now that I'm like, that's all I want. Like a stupid, cute boy, yeah. you know? But like, He's if you're stupid. edgy, like I am still also. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, this guy has no, but not got much going no, on. No, he's got, he's got a lot going no. on. But doesn't he hate this performance? Isn't that a thing? Does Doesn't he? he not like so. this? Isn't this his least favorite of his movies? I feel like I read that. That's stupid. And then I'm like, okay, wow, you're basic. Well, you know? we, we don't really need to talk about Alec Baldwin, the person, because he tends to be wrong That's on true. a lot of stuff. Like, <laughs> like what? Give me an example. <laughs> but I mean, it's true that we are live from New York. It's uh, Wednesday morning. Yes. So. You know what was incredible? Uh, uh, I mean, this episode will come out a couple weeks after we're recording this, but uh, they brought uh, Robert De Niro back recently to do another Mueller sure. cold open. Yeah. That guy, every time they give him the shot, fucks up live from New York <laughs> at Saturday night. He, he doesn't really know what it is, For even though he much, clearly knows what it is. He's hosted like four times. Right. Lauren Michaels loves bringing he's in for like, guest appearances. Uh, uh, yeah, from New York at Saturday night. Like he always right. like sort of joins in By halfway the way, through. Oh yeah, obviously like a great actor. Maybe not super well suited to live sketch comedy. <laughs> It's and just always though. seems flummoxed I appreciate that he's game. I like, do too. I'm happy he goes for it. But for someone who's like got a reputation of like one of our finest actors ever, he hosts that show with the ease of Charles Barkley. And we love when Charles Barkley is on the show. Barkley is amazing. But, but the it's whole more thing is because that he's uncomfortable. He's bizarre, right? He's I mean, bizarre, that's part of right. his general TV It's like a dog walking right. on its hind legs. It's like very amusing. It's, 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 a, it's a skill piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a skill yeah. show. Uh-huh. He's Don't yell. <laughs> Griffin's literally yelling and throwing his Incredibles sketchbook around the studio. Going mad. I'm turning into it. a you snake. You gotta keep tally. Um, um, yeah. where, where is Gina Davis at at this point? 
Because a Tootsie oh, and Fletcher, like, she's got these tiny roles in big movies. Another person who is just, like, at her height of, like, being an appealing star. She is so naturally appealing. Tall, oh big, curly-haired icon who I should be. She yeah, is should be a curly-haired icon. There is no question. So there Tootsie, obviously. No one in the history of film who has ever looked like Gina Davis other than Gina Davis. She is True. so specific. Except looking. for me when I become Gina Davis. You and I just really decide. should become Gina Davis. I should. Yeah. Um. So Tootsie to 82. Yep. And she's on Buffalo Bill, the sitcom with uh, Dabney Coleman. Right. So that sort of occupies her time. Fletch. Then she's in Fletch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Working overtime. <laughs> yeah. Then, then she's in The Fly, which wow. she's fantastic in. Right. Buzz, uh, buzz. And then this year, she's Earth got, Girls Are Easy. Does that come later? This year, she's got Beetlejuice, okay. Earth Girls Are Easy, and her Oscar winner. Wow. I think I already overdid it. No, I want to be clear. You have said the movie title twice. You've said the character's name twice. You've said animated once. You've said musical once. Mm. You have one more animated, one more <laughs> musical, and then he's a wisely. Who knows what'll happen? Hell to pay. Um, but uh, so she wins the Oscar this year for um, the Accidental Tourist. Congrats! Right? She won this the Oscar the for same the Accidental year. Tourist. So this year is just like humongous. Mm-hmm. And does she get married to uh, Goldblum the same year? Because they're together by this point. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Jeez, she has what a already long, married. lean couple. So Who she is. That? Yeah, long, lean couple. It's true. Mm. She's like uh, breaking she's out as a movie tall. star. She's married to Jeff Goldblum, and yep. she wins an Academy Award. That's All right. All things that I want. And she's the queen with, of Hollywood. Within two years, she's divorced Jeff Goldblum. Perfect. And then she goes on to marry Rennie Harlan, and then they break up pretty fast, and she married someone else, and they broke up. Like, yeah. She runs uh, through the, the husbands. Uh, she uh, almost becomes an Olympic archer. Really? I didn't know what? That. You didn't know this? <laughs> she's got such a okay, weird that's hot. filmography. <laughs> yeah. Because she took a long break, and she sort of started coming back now, but she also, like, she founded the Gina Davis Institute for Media Research, which is all about, like, breaking down the statistics of representation of women in media, and she's yeah. been doing Ooh, this for, like, whoa. 15 she's, years, she's like, way ahead of the curve. 62, she's made 25 movies. Like, she yeah. she makes a movie if she wants to. That's kind of it. You she know was, what I mean? Uh, not Madam Secretary. What was that show called? Um, that, that one was called uh, Commander-in-Chief. That's right. Uh which was like one of those things that was a huge hit and then they moved it to some new night and, and it, it tanked. Bombed yeah. within like one season. Yep. But that was like, oh, Gene Davis That was your back. comeback. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. And since then she's worked sporadically. She does a lot of this media stuff. Well, she's in Grey's Anatomy sometimes. She's in the Exorcist TV show as right. Reagan sometimes. Right. Which is wild. Very weird. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, it's like, you know, she'll pop up in a little movie. She was in Marjorie Prime. Oh, yeah. Which she's kind of bad in but whatever I feel like there was I something I saw her in recently first of all that's sacrilege she's never been bad second she's of all I think bad. I saw her something recently that she was very good in a small role I'm always excited when she shows up I think of like in a world she was in that oh, yeah she's I got a weird that movie. small part cute movie in that Maybe we got Dimitri in that movie let's not talk about Dimitri we love he's very charming <laughs> in that movie so cute there was the Gina Davis show she had her sitcom for one season in 2000 that was weird very very weird. Yeah. What did because she do? <laughs> she was like a party planner. Yeah, because look, her Peter career Horton, is... Mimi Rogers. So you go, like, she's riding high, right? Then 95 Cutthroat Island was at the time the biggest flop in history, right? Yeah. Directed by her then husband. They get divorced. Then she does The Long Kiss Goodnight, which at the time was the biggest uh, spec uh, script sale of all time. So it was a super hyped up movie. I want to correct you. He, Rennie Harlan also directed The Long Kiss Goodnight. They only get divorced oh, after correct, that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. But I think that was supposed to be their sort of comeback redemption movie, and it underperforms movie. at the box office. It's a good movie, but Never it, seen it, it wasn't a huge Need movie. to see it. Hmm. It's certainly Rennie Harlan's best, I guess. I don't know. Then she doesn't do a movie for three years until Stuart Little. Right. And then she yes. only does Stuart Little's. Right. Then does the sitcom. 
Mm-hmm. For one she's season so in between Stuart yeah. Little 1 and 2, and then it's like she's she's pretty that's much it. done. Yeah, she it. just shows up in little appearances. Uh, consensus on uh, consensus on Stuart Little. Good, bad? Charming. Charming. I haven't seen it in a long time. What do we think? I think I saw the first one. First one's good. Second one sucks. <laughs> the second one's the one where he skateboards. Yeah, we it's radical. About it. He's a radical root. Oh, I'm not interested. It has Little in the title. Oh, okay. yeah. right. He is also. I mean, it's not. It's not like a little John situation where it's a lie. I mean, he he, he is, is little. little. He is very little. He's a, I mean, that he's a regular. Guy is small. Yeah. He's regular for a mouse. Like I lives think. in a matchbox and shit. Yeah. Does he? I think his his bed is like a matchbox or something. I, I would freaking yeah. fed him to my snake because I had a snake. You had a snake. Did you guys know that I like the movie that we're talking about? Because yes. I had a snake. Th- that was one of your entry points. <laughs> you were a snake yeah. girl. Oh, duh. So the other big career to talk about here is Michael Keaton himself, my favorite living actor. God, it's so Can we hot. all just leave the room for this? No, I'm for not. For the Michael Keaton thing? Yeah. I, will, the I will keep it in the pants. Okay. I will keep it in the okay, pants. Okay, thank you. And then we're going to do Keaton two more times in this miniseries, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, but Ben and I were going over late last night while drunk how insane the arc of his career is because he was a stand-up. Then he starts being like a sitcom guest appearance guy when that was the pipeline. Like, oh, if you're good at uh, like, uh, you know, you're killing it at the comedy store, ABC will sign a deal for you. So you'll get like two guest appearances a season. Right. right. Is there stand up footage of him? Yes. It's oh, hard to sure. find. It's really good. There's Is not there enough of it. I guess he was like so long ago that there was they weren't filming it as much. What's but his he like did a couple style live TV of stand up? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Uh, here's the joke of his that uh, uh, he was on the Norm Macdonald show. The Netflix show was really good. And Norm was clearly a really big fan of his stand up and said that Michael Keaton was one of his big stand up influences. And I would say That's his joke good. writing style is very similar to Norm Macdonald's. What? Performance-wise, he's doing the Michael world? Keaton thing. Right. Like he's doing he's that sort of manic he, energy. Right, right, right. Yeah. But uh, he had this big joke where he was like, uh, uh, I'm going to fuck it up. But the bit is... Better do it funny. Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, I, I love uh, uh, Bazooka Joe. You guys you guys read these uh, Bazooka Joe comics? I got one the other day. It's really, really, really good. Let me read this thing. So the first strip is uh, uh, Bazooka Joe, and he goes... Uh, uh, you know, hey, uh, what what's with the weather outside or whatever it is. And then the second panel is like uh, the character having this large existential tangent about like mm-hmm. morality. And it's him just like rambling. Correct. Through. Right. Okay, hot. It's really funny. But the joke that Norm Macdonald said is one of his favorite jokes ever is he said, you know, I was flying into JFK the other day. We landed and they said, uh, just so you know, the temperature in New York is two degrees. And I said, with degrees like that, why have any? Michael Keaton, <laughs> okay. you I think that's silly. a really funny joke. <laughs> okay. I could, I could see him doing it and just being like. Yeah, I thought uh, to myself. Uh, he uh, seems uh, a lot of personality. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, like yeah. 50% of the, of the selling I is. I feel like he's chewing gum too while he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's that kind Ooh, of energy. I love he definitely that. chews a lot of gum in movies. Yeah, he's got a lot, like full 80s mullet. He's, he's almost me. got like business. A lot he's a of very business. businessy he's actor. Like, I guess what to do. He's yeah. right. He's one of the few actors where it's like he's that businessy. He's doing so much in every moment. It always feels justified. It like, always feels in lockstep with. Which yeah. is like one of my favorite Keaton performances. Yeah, he's doing a lot, even though he's playing a pretty quiet guy in a, pretty in a quiet managerial, movie. and it's yeah. a quiet movie. He's still, yeah, he still finds business. I remember he's very seeing hot it, in that. So hot yes, in that movie. Very hot. I remember That's seeing a, yeah. that with my mom, and there was one moment where he's doing like a walk and talk with sure. uh, Mark Ruffalo, and we both started laughing at the same moment and turned to each other and went, he's still doing the right, right, walk. Right, 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 right. Like, he's like, Rosendez, come in with me. And he's like it. doing his like strut down the hallway. That's a lot of oh. ass, too. Yeah. He walks with hips, That's baby. a tight a tight pants move. Oh, That's yeah. a lot of men in nice slacks. Like 
<laughs> Ruffalo, <laughs> you got to sleep. I mean, maybe we should I'm talking out of the corner of my mouth. They knew. Yeah. I should watch Spotlight again. I watched HBO. it again like two weeks ago, and I was like, mm, good. If you say Spotlight three times, though, you do summon the Spotlight division of the Boston Globe, who will investigate you. We're really close. And they'll, be, they'll investigate me, and they'll be like, okay, confirmed. She's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. They give you a certificate. Or there's a story like, Spotlight reveals Rebecca Bonus. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Um, so, uh, he, he's doing these TV appearances, right? He's like showing up in sitcoms and shit. He's a cast member of the, um, the Mary Tyler Moore hour, I believe. Right. Which was the sketch show with him and David Letterman as part of the ensemble. Um, but he's already, by this point, he's been in a lot of movies. No, but this is my point. So Ron Howard is casting night shift. This is supposed to be his breakout movie as a director. He gets Henry Winkler to agree. Henry Winkler is such a big star at the time that they can't cast this other role, but the studio is so happy with Winkler that he can cast anyone. He goes to a casting director, and she goes, if you don't need a star, if you're just sure. looking for funny, right. the funniest guy around is Michael Keaton. They give him this role, and overnight, he like breaks out. He's hosting Saturday Night Live. Everyone's yep. like, this is the new exciting comedic actor. Follows it up immediately with Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. Where he's playing a little more of a normal guy. He's a stay-at-home dad. And that movie's what a could huge, call him Mr. Mom. huge hit. Big hit. So now everyone goes, we love it, the Michael Keaton thing. And Michael Keaton says himself in interviews, I got really scared because I saw how I was going to be pigeonholed as this well-meaning kind of glib guy. Mm. Right. So he starts zagging. Sure. And does a couple things that don't work well for him. Well, he does Johnny Dangerously. Which, which is a we flop. We'll cover one day. We will cover one day. Uh, Amy Heckerling's. It actually wasn't like a flop flop because it wasn't that expensive, but it certainly didn't make money. Especially for people coming off of big movies. Like Keaton yeah. was hot. Heckerling was hot. I think it was seen as a disappointment. Yeah. And Piscopo was, I mean, white hey, hot. Hey. Right. Then he does um, Gung Ho. Uh-huh, right. Another, Another Ron Howard, Howard movie. which is a movie that is borderline unwatchable today for how racist it is. But yeah, it's, it's a very racist movie. He's still, he's still like pretty good at it. Right, <laughs> like, overseas, automobile, hey, factory. What you're trying to say is sometimes racists are good. It's just <laughs> one of those movies where it's like, it's about a, a Japanese company buying an American yeah. motor plant mm-hmm. and it, the mo- whole movie is like, you see, now let me stop you here, but Japanese culture and American <laughs> culture, very different. Whoa, whoa, yes. whoa, what? Yeah. And, uh, and um, then you're like, are we going to move past this? And they're like, no. no. And the movie's long. <laughs> <laughs> he does He does a movie called Touch and Go that definitively doesn't exist, but I'd like yeah. to read the tagline for it. Please. The poster is him, like the woman him is trying lady. to kiss him and he looks astonished. He's, He's like, oh boy. What is That's this? how I'd feel if Michael Keaton was going to kiss me. I would be her trying to kiss Michael I Keaton. I would be just giving a thumbs up. <laughs> If I'd be Michael like, Keaton are you sure about me. this? I'm I'm game, but seems like a weird decision for you. Anyways. With the leg up. Yeah. Uh, the catchphrase for this, the catchphrase, the tagline for this movie is, yesterday he was a fun-loving sports hero. <gasps> Today he's had his life threatened, his Jaguar wrecked, his what? career jeopardized, dot, dot, dot. And now someone's trying to cook him breakfast. What? Okay, now here's the thing about this tagline that I like. Short, I relate. Clean, <laughs> very easy to it's understand. It's literally got two paragraph breaks. <laughs> that feeling when you are a uh, sports, belo- I can't right, even remember right, what right. the fuck he said. It's a classic TFW. Yeah. Oh, so then he makes a movie called The Squeeze that also doesn't exist. Also good band. The poster is him in between like twin towers and a hand is like squeezing him. Ugh. It, it uh, okay. looks very strange. A mysterious black box spells danger to a con man and female detective. These movies aren't working, right? So he's kind <laughs> of... This fucking poster. It's the Twin Towers, yeah. to be clear. It's <laughs> capital T. What is this? So he's playing against the movie star persona that people liked sure. in Night Shift and Mr. Mom, and he's not finding success in something else. 
And uh, Tim Burton wants to hire uh, Sammy Davis Jr., gives him a list of a bunch of other, like, weird variety show guys that he grew up loving. And Warner Brothers was like, you got to cast a movie star in this you role. maniac. Yeah, you have to cast someone who's, like, relevant to today's audience. He's like, but I'm a weirdo and I'm a freak. Right. And <laughs> yeah. they were like, I think we can get Michael Keaton. Because Michael Keaton is, like, an above-the-title guy who's a little, like, back on his heels right now. And this a is weirdo. such a fun showcase role. It's a good manic energy kind of thing. It's not a large, like, commitment. Right. And they get him to agree to it, and he becomes the guy over the title. Yeah. And this completely uh, changes his career. Right. Because he does this, Clean and Sober, in the same year. Clean, Clean and Sober is great. Yeah, he's great in that, too. He wins the National Society. But he didn't Film immediately Critics, sign on, right? Uh, no. They yeah. split it in between. They say for both. Yeah. Right, for both. For uh, the juice and, and Clean, Clean and Sober. sober. Yeah. And then he becomes Batman. Then the immediate follow-up is that he becomes Batman for two movies. The superhero. The famed superhero, Batman. Um, But he said, I mean, this was the beginning of, I think, Burton and Keaton being like, oh, we're kind of on the same page about stuff. He says, according to Michael Keaton, the character was described to him by Burton as having lived in every time period, but no time period. Mm. And I think Keaton latched onto that and was like, this is a performance, this is a character where I can't be too big. Yeah. Because this is the key to the movie. They use this character so sparingly. Right, right. Every time he's on screen, you're like, this is the greatest comedic performance he's, of all time. He's a so garnish. Funny. And he's, he's the never best on screen ever. for more than four consecutive minutes. Right. It's so good. Yeah. He's, he's like truffles. Waddling around, just doing his thing. Where you're kind of like, wow, this is a very intense flavor, but I'm into it. And partially because of the cartoon show and also partially because of how good the performance is and how ubiquitous he is as like a cultural icon now. It's sort of like Silence of the Lambs, where you think of him being in the whole film. But the like, yes, yes for sure. It's all really just like edging, and then it's you finally get edging. that sweet. Yeah, uh, this is a masterpiece of edging. Yes, BF. Yes, my boyfriend. A pot of Beetlejuice. Let's do it, David. I said it three times. Dun, 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 <laughs> you dun, are banned dun, from podcasting. Oh no! Wait, I was referring to the um, musical. Oh, okay. Never mind. Strike that. Uh, and so the plot of that musical uh-huh. is it's gonna be similar uh, to the movie. I assume. I think it's a little heavier on the title character and from Lydia. What I'm it's apparently more inspired by the cartoon show while having the plot of this movie and the two of them being like teammates. And yeah. apparently the Maitlands are not a big part, and they're no. dorks. But also, they're I like was, yeah. nerds. Like Danny Pudi, I believe. Putty? Pudi? Did it for the workshop. Yeah. Is yeah. not doing it on Broadway. I did not realize that Anthony King wrote the book. Correct. And I, when I read that, I was like, good. I like. Because he's funny Artistic and does good music stuff. We'll, um, we'll see how that thing, it'll be opening soon. I should be. Uh, on I believe it's opening sometime next year. Yeah. Like it's, it's had its tryouts. Right. It's going to star What's His Pants who is already in um, School of Rock. Yes, his name is Alex Brightman. Yeah. And no, this, his name is What's His Pants? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Alex What's His Pants Brightman. And uh, this young woman, Sophia and Caruso, who's 17 and is playing Lydia and supposed to be incredible. I'm I can sh- pass as 17. I'm sure she's good. You are yeah. 17. <laughs> uh, the reviews have been mixed so far. Yeah, we'll see yeah, what it's yeah. like when it opens on Broadway. Maybe we'll cover it in some capacity. Winky wink. Winky wink. What are the songs going to be like? I'm a guy and I'm pretty goth. Yeah, that's one of them. What if it's a Beetle, jukebox musical? Beetle, juice, and- Beetle, <laughs> juice, Beetle, juice. <laughs> no, no, no. Use too many? No, he's saying them uh, one, one and the other. Yeah. He's putting a space in there. Okay, fair enough. Fair I was enough. doing jazz hands. Fair enough. Fair it. enough. Um, I was going to say, what if it's a jukebox musical and they just use the songbook of Blink-182? <laughs> 
And because like, he does exist in all time, so what is his age so again? So here's they, your holiday. They could do like uh, Harry Belafonte. They could like, it could be like a Calypso musical, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, apparently Deo's in it. Well, I should hope You gotta. So. And, yeah. and jump in line. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's my pitch. Broadway, yeah. where's my money? Yeah. Susie and the Banshees would be good <sighs> yes. in that too. So this movie starts out with uh, a, another perfect Danny Elfman character theme. Right. A very propulsive, like exciting, dangerous sounding comedy theme. But also funky. With this amazing opening credit sequence that feels like this sort of like bird's eye overview. I mean, we talked about it in Pee Wee, but it's again like Elfman just like, it just sounds like the character. Yes. That, mm. Like he just, that's his skill. Right. He's so good at the the character theme the, the same thing theme. as the simpsons where you're like this is what the simpsons right. sounds like this is what the town of springfield sounds like yeah. you should have him sit down like at a piano like uh edward cullen does in twilight and be like hello this is your theme but then he gives us all a theme or like jack black in the holiday oh sure oh that's true it sits down at the pound just goes that's a better connection don't get me started on the old JB, though, because I won't stop so what do you think let me just lay up here get some points in my side of the column uh, Rebecca, what do you think is the better half of the holiday? I mean, well, clearly, since I'm planning on starting a Jack Black podcast, I will say it's all about it's all about this barely Black. counts. Thank you. <laughs> Shock another one. That's like the up. Democrats winning Vermont or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, we figured, you know, with CNN's like we got a breaking update here uh, projecting that Hillary Clinton will yeah. win Vermont. Okay. Yeah. So We're getting political. On I, this episode. I fucking I will go there. Okay. Wow. There's a door. Maybe there's like, you know, a line of like, do not cross. I cross. Listen, it's Thanksgiving soon. You got to be careful with your family. Oh, God. Tough conversations with your family. Uh, am I right? yeah. Except actually, literally, uh, Cuban Republicans are real. So we'll see how that goes. Really? Oh. And in yeah. Florida, yeah. you know. What's up? Uncles? Florida <laughs> had, <laughs> yeah. some, had some elections. Yeah. Did they We're ever. talking about it. Well, yeah, because you're a cool trail Miami girl. Oh, rock and roll. Miami. <laughs> yeah. Party um, in the city where the heat is on. Go on. <laughs> all night, all day. Yeah, keep, yeah, you got it. Beaches <laughs> on. I just like how quickly it goes from like, because the poster for this movie is like Crazy Ghost. You know you got this wacky comedy star in it. Mm. The score sounds like exactly what you expect this movie to sound like. And then we realize it's a model town and now it's just two really nice basic people in an attic. Uh, sorry, David. Yeah, hey, man. Your fashion stinks. <sighs> I know. You've been smelling it from all the way over there. A stinky not, I, fashion. It stinks and it looks not so great. It doesn't look as bad as it smells, but neither neither good, no. neither good, no good. Yeah, look, I've been I've been making an effort recently. I'll admit it. I've been uh, stinking up the studio with my fashion, but I found a solution. We got some friends over at Bombfell. Oh, I don't know if you've heard about these guys. I have. It's an easy way for men to get better clothes. You complete a simple questionnaire, and then you're matched one to one with a dedicated personal stylist. They don't charge over retail price. They have free shipping and returns. You, they just send you stuff and you try it on at home. If you like it, you keep it. If you don't like it, send it back. They give you a bag. You reseal it. It's a piece of cake. And uh, you can preview and edit whatever your stylist picks for you before they ship it. It's a very easy way to get dressed in the morning. I think this is going to really change your game. You're a fashionista. Look, it's true. You, know, you, you, just, you just fall out of bed looking well-dressed. Some of us need a little bit of help. So they have this keep more, get more in each shipment. So if you keep two items, you get 10% off. Three items, 15% off. Four items, 20% off, right? Okay. So you got plenty of time to figure it all out. You can sign up for your partner if uh, 
maybe you're worrying about how they're dressing and you know they can figure it out well, themselves it becomes unbalanced uh, yeah, you know you, you can't balance. look good and then your partner be a schlub they ask you all these personal questions about like how you want to dress like are you looking for like work clothes are you trying to step up your game a little bit things like that sure you put in your measurements you put in your preferred kind of styles do they ask you how horny you want to look um <laughs> Not sure. I mean, I don't really need any help on that front, honestly. So maybe I just I just skimmed over that. Sure. Uh, I like, you know, anyway, I, I just like how easy it is, uh, especially since going to like uh, clothing stores can be such a pain. And uh, so if you go to bombfell.com slash check, we've negotiated with them to get a offer for our listeners. $25 off your first purchase. You just go to bombfell.com slash check that's b-o-m-b-f-e-l-l dot com. dot com then you make sure that you you hit the backslash you just got to check to make sure you did that i mean you do have to do that right but then you should also type the word check oh yep and uh you know bomb fell it's easy opening clothes that's their cash catchphrase their little tagline opening clothes get it i do all right Ooh, that was crazy. That was the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Uh, well, please. You're being a little histrionic. Now. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I <laughs> am commenting on it, too. <laughs> um, they live in Connecticut. Uh-huh. In an idyllic home. Beautiful, small. It's all on its own out there. My dream car. He owns car. the hardware nice store, car. Maitland Hardware. You got to go over the covered bridge to get yep. anywhere. Okay. When Under. I, always a little dog on the bridge. When I was young... I didn't get that that was his store and I always thought that he was going in and but no but I thought he like left money for someone and I was like wow that's nice sure it's got that small town charm also the guy outside that's talking to no one is me yes (laughs) yes, I identify clearly with him and I like that he's not too cutesy to entertain this annoying old man he's just like oh yeah you do yeah Yeah. yeah. but this is Uh, like you got two very appealing movie stars he's setting up a very nice small town and you just get on board with them immediately and then they're dead within four minutes and then they die and I think in the original script the death was more graphic and this they just the car just sort of sinks it's a nice like because if it was too heavy it would it would cast a long shadow no I agree I mean and you got the cute business with the dog balancing on the other side of the plane so it's setting a comedic tone already now that is a rascal that dog that dog is totally a murderer that should be brought to justice (laughs) Uh, he's got a long rap sheet Um, they come back home yep Everything's normal. As a kid, you're watching this and you're like, oh, cool. They swam out of the uh, the lake. Sure. Uh, but they start to realize some weird shit going on. Their hands catching on fire. What? Not showing up in the mirror. Which now reminds me when I see that scene, I think of what we do in the shadows with. Uh, uh, w- yeah. What's the character's name? Viago. Is that Viago? He's I like, could not tell you. He's the got like the name. cup. He's like, ooh, look at the cup. Yes. It's floating. Yeah. Oh, right. The That's mirror bit. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Always a good bit. Uh, oh, the effects hilarious. in this movie are so good. They are. They're really, really, really good. They're good when they're seamless and they're good when they're not. Like, they, yeah. it, like both times you sort of love it. And both the sort of seamless stuff and the super stylized stuff mm-hmm. age well. Yeah, they do. Um, but uh, very quickly he realizes, Barbara. Barbara. I don't know if we survived. Cut to handbook of the dece- I don't know if that's actually the cut but yeah yes they noticed the yeah. book on the counter the the handbook for the recently deceased diseased and he's like you're you idiot lord how to read they're dead they're dead and they're now also out um goes into like a an alternate dimension with the sand well they try to leave the house the and they see they see the sandworms yeah uh, i hate them 
She reminds me of Tremors, which I've only seen once at my grandma's house in Spanish. Highly recommend uh, Spanish dubbed. Uh, uh, Tremors? Yeah, so funny. What is What does Spanish Kevin Bacon sound like? I know los tremors. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, this sounds good. Yeah. It is good. I do love like uh, when you watch like sometimes on like special features, they'll have the like, uh, like oh here's the bonus feature of like uh, here's this one scene in t- thirty different languages, yeah. and you hear like comparison like some of the voiceover actors clearly are like I'm really gonna try to sound like this guy, <laughs> right? And right, some right, of them right. just a hundred percent do their own yeah. thing. Like, guys, uh, uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. What, my favorite comedy of 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Narrowing my eyes at you. Bought it on Blu-ray, and they have like a reel of like. <laughs> You would get along with my 11-year-old brother. You bought it on Blu-ray? I bought it on Blu-ray. You should get my brother. coughing fit (laughs) at that news. You're going to kill him. I'm actually, I'm going to correct myself. I bought it on iTunes because they didn't release a 4K UHD Blu-ray and I thought I could get it in higher resolution if I just bought the iTunes digital copy. But it comes with the features. Gotta have them. Me and Ben are just sort of feeling a little sad right now. 4K resolution for a Flash animated movie. (laughs) Right. Isn't that thing made for like 18 bucks? Correct. Um, but they have like a reel of like their voices in every country and Beast Boy who like sounds like me is like, hey, dude. Yeah. And then like half the clips are like, you're so Beast Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like it. Uh, the Israeli Beast Boys are like it. Anyway. Shout out. Um, so they, they are now like trapped in this like home trying to figure out what's going on. And I love the thing the movie does, which is like they're now like time is passing for them very strangely. Sure. Yeah. They don't know how long they've been dead. Yeah. And it's never really, we don't have to think about that too hard, right? Like, right. we know that months have passed. Right. Pretty quickly. Oh, also, like, the real estate agent's trying to flip their house, and right. they and don't she, want to flip She'd come by early in the movie. Okay, also, she, she comes by early in the morning, and they're like, it's 6.45, I'm like, you're on vacation, why are you up at 6.45? Insane people. She, no, they, they want to fix up their house, no. or whatever it is they're yeah. doing, I don't know. She shames mm-hmm. them for not having a baby. Yeah. And they get kind of like, somber. She doesn't problems. shame them. She says, like, right. It'd be nice, you know, it's a, it's family. sort of fit for her. And Gina Davis makes sort of a sad face. And she's like, I'm sorry. Right. You know, and so like, ah, yeah, you right. get the sense that they're infertile. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of sweet because the movie doesn't lay it on too thick. But the fact that like Lydia kind of becomes yeah. a daughter right. figure. Because then them. they're helping her with her math homework. At the yes. The cute, cute. Um, but but so the, the house is getting flipped. The real estate agent's coming by. And very quickly, the, the Dietz is by it. Um, the best character in the movie by far, Delia Dietz. She's the best person. Unbelievable. She would have been my Oscar winner. Okay, she's exactly who I want to be. She also looks like my ex-stepmom. Shout out Janice. Love you. I always thought Catherine O'Hara looked just like her. And like, I had also just from a young age watched her in like Christopher Guest movies and stuff. Yeah. And I just like have a strong connection to her. And I think, I mean, the performance is incredible, but also breaking it down, that character... Like, she fucking rules. Like, she is the best. I mean, this is one of the areas where you go, like, this is why this movie is operating on a higher level. It's just, like, it'd be so easy to be, like, here's the annoying stepmother character. Oh, no, she's and so And she good. is such a, like, laser-focused, specific type of person. What did she say that I'm, like, that I was watching it? I was like, okay, me. She goes, Charles, I will not stop living and breathing art just because you want to relax. I'm like, okay, same. <laughs> yes. I, I love how specific they are, though. Like, yeah. You know, they're, like, this very, like, of-the-moment type of yuppie, like, mm-hmm. Right. With very specific tastes that um, uh, Charles is like 
stressed out, quote unquote. Right. Like, you know, was whatever. Like Charles is like the perpetual put upon like victim Sitcom of a dad. New Yorker comic. Exactly. Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. But I also do like love him. Like I love their marriage. I love like, honestly, I mean, as a young person, I was like, oh, Lydia's cool and I should be like that. But like now as an adult, I'm like, okay, she's annoying. Shut up. She literally just wants to be Delia. Um, and I'm like, okay, can I be an annoying, obnoxious art freak with like a like a nice white husband? <laughs> just, that's yes. Just like, you sure. know, oh. let's say a nice white husband in and a wonderful performance by acclaimed pedophile Jeffrey Jones. Oh. Yeah. Forgot. One of many creepy people we have to talk about numerous times on this miniseries. Well, I would like to some say people are pedophiles. that I feel like uh, send up of artists mm-hmm. are so usually bad. Yes. This is a great example of like capturing the art scene at the moment. Yeah. And kind yeah. of like the, it, I think it's just well done. And it's, it's a beautiful like tightrope performance from Catherine O'Hara who like so constantly straddles the right side of becoming too irritating. While also understanding what's maddening about her to like to Charles to yeah. Lydia, but why they wouldn't like throw her out of the house immediately. She literally wears. Do you know know this? That she wears his sweater like as pants in an, a later scene, and I'm like, that is so sick. And she's like gorgeous, and I'm like obsessed. Well, and the best piece of characterization for Delia in the movie is the existence of Otho. Like everything oh, you know amazing. about need to right. know about this character comes from the fact that she's that close to her interior designer who right. like essentially lives with them. Yes. You know what I noted? That like uh I was like, okay, beautiful. Her lipstick matches his shoes. <laughs> like the first time you see them, I'm like, they are a pair. They are like they just know and although also like Otho's just like lived a life and I feel like he, you know yes. I mean RIP, but like like what a, can you imagine a yeah. spinoff movie of just yeah. Otho and like all of his lives? He should host a show at HGTV right, right now. Yes. Like, right now. Bring because back. Ghost Otho. I want to yeah. live. Oh, he's dead. In, he is dead. Yeah. In this kind of like house. Yes. Like yeah. the static kind of like pebbled sort of like. I don't even know oh, no, what you call the weird that. outdoor patio thing that they have that like it looks like a window. Yeah, like, it look like my like, house looks like a modern art museum and yeah. half looks like a German expressionist horror. Film. It's so cool. Yeah. Which is like the the straddling of the lines of like okay, the Maitland's world is like totally normal. Wholesome. Then the Dietz yes. come in and starts to become a little Tim Burton heightened, but it's because right. they are weird artsy people. She's got her glued down curls on the sides of her head. Like oh, she's so right. cool. And then you get to she the is underworld, which amazing. is full, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I assume like uh, obviously she was an SCTV. This is kind of her movie breakout. I'm trying to though, think if right? she had done anything. Because like, then after this, she has she's Home in Alone. After Hours. Oh right, she's, she's really good in After Hours. You know, so yeah. I guess she'd been in some stuff, but you know, and of course, Winona Ryder is quite young. Had I done mean, Lucas. She did Lucas and Square Dance. That's it. Right. And this year, obviously, she also has Heather's, which, which yeah, is, becomes an girl. icon. Yeah. Uh, who brings us together as friends in the first place. That's true. Yes. Ah. We've talked about it too many times. Too many times. Let's um, do it one more time. Yeah. Great but, Balls but, of Fire, Mermaids. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at her. Looking Catherine like, We both love Lydia Dietz more than anything or yes. whatever when we were little kids. Right. Like, it was like our first pop culture crush. That is yes. that is the shared. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, David and Griffin connection that no other person has ever had. No, no, never. Yeah, makes I definitely very... didn't want to be her, and she definitely is not the reason for my internalized racism. But right. like, yeah, very, very special. When you place. Gina Davis is right here with her curly hair. Yeah, but I, 
like I said, was a snake girl. Uh-huh. So I was like, I am actually Lydia, but I can never get my face or hair to look like that. <laughs> my roommate. So I will had struggle with this too, for years. And there would always be rats in my freezer. Yeah, same. Yeah. I just sort of like love the the sort of like three tiers he's working with in this movie, which somehow he makes coalesce, not only in terms of like the visual aesthetics of the different worlds, but yeah. also like the pitch of performance. Because you have like Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin are being like very naturalistic. Sure. Then you get to like. I think they push it a little bit. I think they lean a little bit into like their white toastiness. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But then you have like the the Dietzes are like mid-level comedy. And then you get to the underworld people who are like insane over the top. Yeah. Um, and somehow he makes this whole thing like gel. Uh, That's good. But yes, they see the Dietzes moving into their home. They hate this. They want to figure out how to get rid of them. They try spooking them, but they're ghosts. And they, they can't even see them. Mm-mm. Sitting in, you know, uh, the what's the image that's so good? When they're like going through the house. And Otho's like spray painting all the walls for what color they're going to replace it mauve. with. She just writes mauve. Right. <laughs> and then they open up the closet and Gina Davis is hanging there. Yeah, like, a lot from of suicide a stuff in this movie. Right. And they're both like, oh my God. And they're you think they're frightened by the dead body. <laughs> yeah. And instead it's how garish their clothes are. No, no. It's how small the closet oh, is. Oh, right, right. Like, yes. <laughs> uh, iconic. Um, so they realize, oh, this isn't working. They can't see us. We're spooking and scaring. I'm standing in Charles's office with my own decapitated head. None of it's working. Yeah. So they read the book. They decide to go meet with someone. They draw the door. Which I love, love that. that. And I love that then it's physical. Like the bricks still have to like move. Yeah. You know, it's not just like an animated like boop. Yes. That was one of my things with this movie because I think I like asked my mom, I was like, when did I watch this probably? And she was like, probably like seven. I'm like, that's bad. And she's like, I agree. Um, (laughs) I don't know. When did you first watch it? I think I was eight. Yeah. 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 And I remember seeing it on Comedy Central and it like was a late night like showing. Yeah. And I watched the first half of it and my parents were like, you have to go to sleep. And I was losing my mind that it was like, like well, I gotta watch the film, right? Because they were like, "Well, tape it. You can watch the rest tomorrow." And I had to wait twenty four hours. Like, that I had disrupts to, like, the, con- the 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 flow, mom. Go to school, like yeah. sit there the whole day, being like, "When am I gonna get my juice?" That's <laughs> what am I gonna get? Because the cut off, get juiced. The cutoff point where I had to go to sleep is when, when he you're about emerges to from the graveyard. For the oh, oh, sure. So you're because right. We're getting these little glimpses of him. You see the TV commercial yep. after they die, which and they're is trying to so how to get through. Funny. It's such a good parody of that kind of like local sort of like huckster commercial yeah he's in his cowboy outfit he's doing a lot of looking like a snack honestly he's looking like a snack he's he is a style icon in this movie and i think because people are so familiar with the iconography of the striped suit the poster has it obviously the the cartoon had it it, when the guy walks around at universal studios and it's such a classic like tim burton thing anyway is the stripes he loves it becomes it Yeah, yeah, yeah right um, but he wears like 20 different outfits in this movie right. and all of them are great. And he looks so good. I love, um, just going to look at him. He's yeah, got his God. weird scumbum taxi driver with his, a duster like, and his, his like, yeah, his like bad stuffing of like a stomach that is so it. like, yeah. you, you know, like, you know that that's not, act, you know, it looks cheap and like campy and, and just but he has such a uh, charisma. Well, and I also love like how sort of expressionistic and theatrical his whole design is because yeah. you go like, well, he's got this like weird hair piece. Which with he his- said was his thing. He was like, I want right. big hair. Right. And the scabbing along the hairline and all that mm. stuff, which is like really detailed. But then his eyes are just 
dark circles yeah, around his eyes. They just yeah. painted, I mean, it's the same as Batman, basically. Right. Just paint dark circles around right, his eyes. Right, but they like, yeah. don't try to make it look like anything other than makeup. They don't try to make it part yeah, of his biology. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a costume. Right, the stomach is obviously very stuffed, yeah. but then right. he also has the scabbing. The nails are very realistic. Like It's, it's weird because it's like there's like so much makeup. splotches on his mouth. Right, yeah. he's like part like real kind of tangible like monster movie You can't movie even stuff. really tell what he looks like no and it's like, like half face. like kabuki stylization yeah you know and then he's doing this weird like jambalaya of a performance where he's like combining oh, every God, type of so unsavory good. character in one yeah oscillating between all these different like voices and i modes. mean should we talk about uh this the this profound influence on me as a, a young person sure like, yeah yeah okay i'll say it beetlejuice the guy okay so i like had just f- for sure, like real ass, like sexual dreams about him. Hardcore. As okay. a young person. And it's like, truly, I can think of like the three things that were like, like hot to me, like f- in a formative way. It is David Bowie and Labyrinth. Uh huh. Sure. It is <laughs> the little vampire, which is age appropriate for me because I was young. Nikki? No, the vampire, duh. Okay. The, um, I'm goth. <laughs> and then. Uh, my boyfriend in this movie, the juice, the juice, the, the and I and 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 like Mr. B. He and I think it's because I was like, why did I like latch onto it so mm-hmm. hardcore? And I think it's because it's the first depiction of anything, any character that I had seen who's just so fucking horny. He's really horny, and I mean, like, he is literally a predator and is like constantly sexually assaulting people. Right, he's an but, eternal demon trying to marry a teenager. Yeah. Yes, and he seems above all else libido-driven. Yes. Yeah. Like, he yeah, wants yeah, to yeah. get some. But I didn't know the difference at the time. Sure. I didn't know I that it was unwanted, so I was like, yes, that is good, and I like it, and that makes me horny, actually. <laughs> yes, well, you're a crush monster. Yeah. No, it's, I can't even... I can't even describe to you like the own the weird like sexual fantasies that happened like from do, do, a, just with me and him. Do you remember it's how like up. actual like sort of like narrative driven yeah. sexual fantasies? With yeah, wow. and it was like all real crusty, you know. <laughs> and he was just like a funny guy doing you know like his little dances. You know, he's did always he, like kind of dancing. Oh yeah. Did he did he take good care of you or was he kind of a creep? Well, he was. The thing is, is like okay. He's also like starved for attention. Like he, he wants is. affection. It's true. He wants pals. He's very kind performative. Of. Yeah. yeah. Which I think I related to slash still do really. I'm like, yeah. He's, he's like, like when he goes with me, he's like, mom, dad. Uh, he's got know. that theater kid thing. Yeah. And I was like giving, you know, I could like fulfill that for him, you know? Sure. And he was still horny all the time. Anyways, still very hot to me. Beetle J. He, he's very, bugs. very like upsetting to know that. He is truly a predator, but it still works. Oh, I for mean, me. it's a bizarre fantasy movie about ghosts. I yeah, mean, and again, he's thousands of hundreds. He's quite old. Hundreds. He's lived through the black plague. One hundred and sixty-seven. Right. Times. right. Like yeah. I also would like to talk about the influence of this character. Oh, oh yes, yeah. sir. Oh, boy, he is very punk. He's so sure. punk. He's anti-establishment. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. He doesn't. He plays by his own rules. He tucks his suit. Pant legs <laughs> yes. into his boots. Yes, he does. There's a, there's a line where he goes, "You like it?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I love it." Yes, very much so. <laughs> and, and, and and I just for me, I saw this as a young kid, mm-hmm. was hooked. Yeah, rewatched it a million times. Me and my friend, shout out Joey Beatles. 
Shout out. Um, we'd watch it all the time. On the porch. He's one of the ultimate scumbums, this character. Mm. He is. He's and literally he's, a bum covered in scum. He's the best. <laughs> he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. He's the best. I truly, I, it truly is, I think, one of the best comedic performances in the history. I, I, I would agree. I, yeah. Here's what I want to say, though, what little David liked about this movie. Uh-huh. It's like there's like an afterlife with all these rules and like bureaucracy and you paperwork. Like the there's like an office. Okay, so like, like oh, all the world better building. Better not kill myself. Yeah, I know. So yeah. let's let's get to the scene. I like right. want to know like what are all the details of how this works. Okay, so we're jumping ahead a little bit. But like no, Mr. Goose appeared. Mr. Goose has appeared in the commercial. You see his hand trying to lure the bug in so he can yep. eat it. Yep. But we're pretty much in Maitland and Deets land, right? They make the door in the wall and they go so meet good. Juno, who's their caseworker. Love. You have this great waiting room that's like full burn. Like that was is- also sexual for me because we have woman sliced in half. I was like, she's hot. She's Get really, it. She's really hot. And yeah. then receptionist also hot. There's just like a lot of sexual energy in this film. Yes. I'm not crazy. I say the only thing in this movie that like kind of like scratches a little bit is the joke that if you commit suicide, your punishment is you get stuck in a bureaucratic Which is, job. The implication is what C- happened to Beetlejuice. Service. Right. Yeah. Uh, the animated series. Yes. Oh. <laughs> or whatever. Yes. Yeah. No, you still have that one. Okay. Yeah. You have one left only in the musical column. Um, but right, like, isn't that the implication? Because he was an employee of Juno. He was her, Juno's assistant. Right. I think I read that he was like... Uh, that he tried to hang himself, but he got drunk and like couldn't do it right, and then just like didn't you know it didn't like like it didn't go yeah and and it was he died like a slow very painful yeah gross that seems death. about right yeah yeah which also makes me be like Beetlejuice <gasps> oh I said it okay in Beetle- what context go on finish the sentence no him just okay. like do you want to talk. <laughs> this is my little uh, young savior complex. Rebecca, I have very bad news for you. Oh, no. Did I lose? You've said the character name three times. <laughs> dun, 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 it was my plan dun, all along because now he will dun, dun, come and dun, dun. sweep me off my feet. It doesn't seem that bad to say the names more than once. Well, let's see what happens if it <laughs> another trio is completed. Um but uh, you get all these amazing visual gags. Yeah. Rebecca was just doing something funny with the cord in her nose. Um, <laughs> Guys, uh, I'm a physical me- comedian yeah. just like Michael Keaton. Got a genuine laugh out of me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was making her nose smushed with the microphone cord. Um, the uh, You get these amazing like sort of like single panel comic gags of yeah. seeing how everyone died. There's the that. camper still in his sleeping bag with the rattlesnake. There's the dude who was at a fried chicken restaurant and the bone is stuck in his throat. And it's right. so colorful. Like it looks like it's so it's so it's funny because it's like morbid, funny, whatever, blah, blah. But it's so colorful and so like tactile for yeah. like a child. And th- you know? this is when the sort of German expressionist influence comes in really big. Like yeah. Burton is very influenced by like cabinet of Dr. Caligari and these crazy angles and mad lighting. And uh, day glow colors, even though I know that movie Day-o. black and white. Day O colors. Day O colors. Um, <laughs> but they they want answers, and they find out very quickly. Here are the bureaucratic rules: you're only allowed to meet with your caseworker three times your entire like eternity. Yeah. So everyone's sounding like this is stupid. You've only been dead for like three months and already. Right. That's they're, they're almost white frustrated. People right. For you, yeah. they're like, "Can I talk to can the I butt manager?" To the head of the line? Actually, but, there is one logic app which I totally give this movie. Like, I, I'm not going to be. You're going to give it a break, this. but, but it, everyone it. else in this universe is visually affected by the way that they died, and the Maitlands are bone dry. Yeah. 
Oh, you think that they should be wet? I'm not saying they should. I know Ben would prefer it. Well, that's true. They should be here's my, he some but here's little, my thing against that. Yeah. I have actual, and I have an actual plausible Please. argument. The, the wetness on the outside of their body is not what killed them. Their lungs might be full of uh, oh, that's a good point. liquid. I uh, think, yeah. Liquid, but, uh, you know, they actually, they drowned. It's a sort of a, I assume that's one, that's what Burton would say. Well, they yeah. drowned. Okay. Then when they yeah. pulled their heads off, they, there should be a little slosh coming Ooh. out. Look, the movie didn't have that high Splish a budget. Splash. It didn't have a slosh to budget. I don't know. <laughs> ben <laughs> is like in the studio meeting. He's like, what's our slosh budget? <laughs> <laughs> Negotiating the deal. Do we have any slosh funds? Yeah. <laughs> Five comedy points. I think that they were like, I, I think they were going to, they considered having them wet, but then it was like, that would be really uncomfortable. I think so too. And it would just, it would be really hard to film to have to wet them down before every single take. But also quite sexual. Also, like, can you imagine that bouncy Baldwin hair just sticking to the yeah. sides of his face? You know? Well, the, dusty. Little he's like, oh. The other thing I love uh, is that I'm realizing how much like Alec Baldwin is rocking my like perpetually wearing a baseball cap and round glasses That's look good. in this movie, uh, which or, you are now. Or whether I am now rocking his Beetlejuice look, but oh, um, uh, 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 and then, then, hold on one here. I got two. He thought he could kept, keep rolling the title along. Tally. Um, What's gonna happen? I I do think one of the big comedic conceits of the movie is despite them being the ghosts, uh, they're the supernatural creatures and they very quickly become the most normal looking things in the movie. The house becomes so stylized. The Dietzes are so stylized. Their world is so stylized. They're freaking goth. And they're just like normcore. Um, But this Juno scene is great. Sylvia Sidney, who was an old Hollywood actress. Yep. She's amazing. I love her. Unbelievable. Uh, she has a slit throat. She's chain smoking. I love so how you don't see that until neck. later. You're like, what? It's a really yeah. subtle. Like, this so is good. when he still had a very light touch, Burton. And was just like, I'm going to let you notice this at your own pace. I'm not going to cut to a close Dark Shadows, which we'll get to. Uh-huh. And he's also about a, a weird pale guy who yes. like, is sort of a man out of time, I guess. And is hypersexual. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, is is like right is the perfect contrast for like where did Tim Burton go wrong? Like <laughs> this versus Dark Shadows, right? Where you're like, why Dark Shadows is so obvious with everything? It's so like flat and like yeah. the the design of it is so sort of like despairingly boring. I don't know. And this movie has weird emotional weight to it. Like you actually feel for like what the Maitlands are going through. Lydia, as much as she's just sort of you know like a, a sad mopey girl, it's like her pathos is so strong and so genuine. She's right. so sort of morbid that you feel bad for her. You feel bad for Charles. I think I used to. And now when I rewatched for this, I was like, uh, shut up. <laughs> like, I think it's, I, I think I, I get it. Uh-huh. But I think she is also playing it so over the top. She's very so theatrical. that we can yes. be like, oh, God, you know, young people. Yeah, it's right. A young girl in a in a phase. No one understands me. Yeah. I Especially if her. she just opens up her yeah. eyes and notices that Delia is really cool <laughs> and yeah. is probably into the same. Sh- That's the thing. She's probably into the same shit that Lydia is into. Right. Well, there's a connection to be made there, but she's a teenager. Right. Her mother think her mom's dead? Her, yeah. They her say there's dead. one throwaway line. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. Okay. Um, I feel bad. Her mom is dead. She's in perpetual mourning. Yeah. Her dad is sort she's of. She's utterly alone. Right. Yada, yada. Um. Right. And and she is she's obsessed with the darkness. She is, and she's it's almost she's almost nonchalant about how she can see these ghosts. Yes. Oh, that reminds me of my favorite thing that I forgot, where they're like, I think we're 
ghosts. Like they've never heard of ghosts before. Ghosts. <laughs> I'm like, are you stupid? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like early when they die. Yes. Pretty funny. Anyways, go on. Uh, the, no, the Sylvia Sydney scene is great, and uh, you get you get the like the, just the really nice touches of world building when they're going through the hallway to try to meet with her, and they find the room for the lost souls, right? And spooky, it's like spooky. death for the dead, mm-hmm. and that thing's like actually like, upsetting. The, the movie is profoundly upsetting. Yeah, like if you dwell on certain aspects, especially I think if you're younger and you're sort mm-hmm. of like. Death obsessed, Wait, like probably all of us. the implications of all yeah. of this, yeah. right? You could just sort of like watch it, have a good time, not worry about it. Yeah, but if yeah, you know, if you think about some of the the corners of this movie, never leave the house. <laughs> and there's so much that like totally there are 125 went. 125 yeah. years. There's yeah. some like there's some sort of a time limit. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that like went over my head as a young person. Like when she, the receptionist is like, "Oh, my like like happy my little yes. accident." Yeah. And I was like, "I don't get how she died." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Her? Uh, like she's pretty. The handcuffs were too tight. <laughs> yep. Um, I just love the world building stuff. I, don't, I did too. I'm, I'm predictable. Yeah, no, and I like how like the the Juno scene is so quick. Like once she enters, she just starts sort of ranting and raving to them in this room that they don't recognize. And as she's walking them through it, they come to realize that it's, it's their house. home that's been renovated and they've been in this waiting room for months and months and months. Right. And it's freaking, I mean, that interior design, man. Right. Otho Dunn did it, you know? <laughs> right. Like Crushed. Otho crushed it. I, I do love, love Otho. everything. Otho is so good, uh, really. Glenn Shaddix is yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lydia's yeah. room with the shiplap. The painted shiplap. Oh, so good. So no, good. the house. The house is amazing, but but the Maitlands have a very simple, very specific aesthetic, and there, there's a clash. All they still have is their attic, right? Because uh, that's locked. Although it's Lydia locked. has the skeleton key, right? Parents don't know, so they still have their model, which is all they care about at the end of the day. Their little model their town. Little model right. town. Um, they are weird. They're weird people. <laughs> they're, they're, the Maitlands are weird. Yes, I guess it's that they could be and freaks blue velvet vibe, right? Like, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it's one of the few times he doesn't demonize the normal people for being weird. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he just thinks like they're Edward weird too. Hands, sure, it's yeah. like oh, they're upsetting. Which is sort of my problem with Edward Scissorhands, which I don't love as much as this movie. Uh-huh. I, I like it a lot, but right with that, there that where I'm sort of like the fable kind of aspect of it. I'm like, I get it. Like yeah. Beetlejuice, I kind of love everyone. I'm referring I to do, some yeah. other bullshit. I don't know <clears throat> the, the musical really, yeah, that you musical. haven't seen yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. There really isn't a character that I don't love in this movie and sympathize with in some Right. Agree. I mean, like, I think they're Robert all Goulet, I guess. Yeah. He's a jerk. No, but it's, it's one of these movies, too, where it's like, Tim Burton was in these early stages assembling such a good, like, rep company mm. of, like, really good comedic character actors. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just everyone's fun. Every part is fun. Um He's letting people really kind of go wild in these roles. But but they ask Juno at the end of the thing, what about this uh, this beetle? And she goes, ah, da, 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 da. Don't say his name. Don't say his name three times. And she gives a very stern warning. Yeah. He used to be my assistant, went off the handle. He now He's considers himself a bio-exorcist, which I think is just such a cool term. Very yeah. cool term. Yes. But what are the rules of, how has he been banished? Where is he? He's, He's living in their model. The well, I know that, but like, what are the rules of him? I think he's Apart moldy because he's under the rock. He is, yes. he is moldy. Yes. He's a moldy guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like, was he specifically banished to a specific? It doesn't matter. I think yeah, of him you as don't a know what like realm demon. he's in. No, or he, I know that. I get that. 
I feel like he's but, like like interstellar, like in the bookcase. Like he's able to communicate like through the TV. Right. He's able to be in the model. He's sort of in, untethered. How did he get to this zone? I guess. I guess he just sort of escaped. Juno banished him. Right. That's the zone he's in, and only sure. someone can choose to release him. And she right. tries. But to he warn. can film TV commercials. I mean, well, no, he can like possess the, the word out. Yeah, it's viral marketing. It's just Yeah. So in like the musical, is he like on Twitter? Is that the probably we haven't seen it. He's like. I mean, I've referred to it a lot, so I'm pretty sure I've seen it two times. Yeah. What would he tweet? He'd be like, uh, he'd like tweet the Denny's Twitter and be like, you up? And then they'd like interact. Exactly. And he'd be like, actually, the Denny's Twitter is funny. And then you'd be like, he at tweets porn stars a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You know those Twitter accounts where you like look up someone's like at tweets and it's like all them being like, love those photos anymore. (laughs) But guys, would he follow me? Oh my God. Do you think? The the (laughs) B-Man? I hope. That was close. Yes, 100% he would follow you. He, He would have a podcast. Would he not? And he'd be like, yeah. uh, what's up, motherfuckers? And he'd be like, hold on. What the fuck? And he'd no. chew on bugs. Yeah. <laughs> he bugs on Mike. He's definitely part of the dirtbag left, right? Yeah, that's right. He'd be on Come Town or whatever. I don't know. One of these things, right? Yeah. 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 And he'd be like, eh, I like the name. <laughs> yeah, I, I, me too. Fun. It's so, not coming it. Yeah. Yeah, he loves Come. And he comes dry scabs. So uh, June disappears. They're Listen now in their house. Yeah. Months later. We lost them. Lost who? The listeners. Oh yeah, they, all they, of them. They're, they're gone. all gone. They're long gone. A few had come back and. Yeah. <laughs> they chose to walk outside and be devoured by sandworms rather than listen to the rest of this episode. Uh, it's okay. They're just not goth. Just yeah. kidding. No, no, they're not edgy enough. I'm sure there are goth listeners. <gasps> tweet in if you're a goth listener. Yes. Definitely. Or if you went through a goth phase, tweet us photos of yeah. you and your Lydia phase. Yeah. And if you're gothletic, also. Gothletic. Gothletic. What does gothletic mean? Sounds exactly like what it is. It's like athletic goth goths? clothes. That's like athletic clothes. Oh, okay. Mm. It's like drapey, but it's like mesh. Okay, so wait, but confirmed or unconfirmed that Keaton like improvised most of this? He improvised certainly improvised plenty of his sort of monologue. I'm sure he was throwing things in, right? A lot you of know, it. that's his thing. Right. I mean, I you know, there's obviously a character written, but I think it was more of a traditional kind of schmoozer guy, and I think he just kind of went off. See, and that makes me think that he's a little weirdo. He's oh, he's definitely a weirdo. And a kook. Yeah, he's definitely a weirdo and a kook. That's so he's a weirdo and a kook. Yeah. Ugh. Um. But so they're back in the house now. Now they have some tips and tricks. Their first move is let's let's use the sheets. Hilarious. Um. She uh, Lydia is in her room. She hears the She's ghost like, guys, trying stop to fucking on her parents. Right. She thinks it's them fucking, but it's in fact the ghost. She can hear them, and they're like, "You can see us." She's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I yeah. myself am strange and unusual. Ugh. A line that yeah. like made all our hearts grow three sizes when we saw this as children. And now I'm like, get over it. And she's teamed up with the ghost, and she's like, yeah. I hate my parents too. Like, I'll help you with yeah. this fucking thing. Um. So so now they're like united and trying to make this uh, this this thing happen. But but uh, nothing's totally working. No. Um, because, and that's another great thing about Delia that I love is like she ain't scared of no ghosts. No, like they're like going up to the attic and she's like, "Okay, ghosts." Yeah, come she out. sees them as like sort of a nuisance, like yeah, you know, a bug infestation. Um, Jeffrey Jones basically sees them as like a marketing opportunity. Yeah, right. Like well, this comes later because Lydia I, is that like telling later. them about the ghost stuff, and they're like, "You're ridiculous. What are right. you talking about? Right. Showing them the photos. I can't believe you cut holes in the sheets. Like right, all right, this sort right, of right. stuff." 
And then they're like, we need to put on a big show to like really make our mark. Right. Also, and I do think that Charles is like not a bad dad. Just no, saying. no, not at all. He's a little detached. I think he's like fine. But I also there think are worse like, dads. The, the sure. commentary on him is so pointed where it's like, here's this guy who is like very successful as like a developer, right? Oh, that seems and then so funny like, where he looks and he's like, bad roof or good right. parking. Right. <laughs> yeah. He like immediately is like, I'm out. I just want to be relaxed. I want to be in the country. I want to be away from my career. Right. And he just can't, sits in a chair. And he's he like fetishizing rocks. calm, but he actually yeah. cannot be calm. The second he right. picks up binoculars, he's looking at the town. He's seeing the value, right. how right. you could right. develop right. it. Right. Like, he can't be calm. There are too many fucking subscription flyers in the magazine. Right. That's a funny scene. Yes. Um, Um, But they have the dinner party. Right. So they don't believe the ghost thing that Lydia keeps on going on and on about, which is when uh, Delia says my favorite line reading in the entire film. Kids, I love them. (laughs) Which, that's the Oscar alone. Yeah. She's my Oscar winner. No, that's a really cool opinion. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Winona is like, a supporting or lead character. Mm. But to me, I'm nominating her for Heathers anyway. So like she's sure. in lead over sure. there. I don't know. And then, and then Keaton gets a supporting actor. Yeah. 100%. Well, I mean, for 100%. me, I have a ballot yeah. for yeah. 1988. Don't That's think awesome. I don't. Yeah. I do. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I, I see that line reading, but I raise you, uh, at, I mean, post dinner or post dance, Catherine O'Hara is like, who has more fun than us? <laughs> it's so fucking funny. She is she's so, so good. Uh, she's got Home Alone kind of around the corner. Like yeah. she's 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 ruling the school. Yeah, she becomes like a big uh, uh, studio comedy star. Yeah, like without being a leading lady, unfairly never gets her shot at being a leading lady. Yeah. She becomes like a big, you know, second or third lead actor. And then I'm there being like Janice, right. my well, stepmom, be this, her for Halloween. She's 34 in this movie. Yeah. Right. So she, I guess, I mean, a CTV, like, you know, she took a while to break into movies. Yeah. yeah. And she always like, you know, she got hired on SNL and was there for a week and was like, I don't like this environment and quit. Which is right. so sick. She always was kind of like, I only work with people I like. I do my shit. Right. Right. Um, she marries Bo Welch after this movie. Cute. He's the production amazing. designer of this film who's like responsible for a lot of the formation of the He's Burton a, aesthetic. A genius. Uh, Burton wanted anti on first, who yeah. he will work with on Batman. Yeah. But I guess Anton first was busy with something. Yes. He was committed like, to like another thing, I think. Yeah. Um, but Bo Welch, the director of Cat in the Hat, obviously, we stand Bo Welch, we stand for a legend. Directed, uh, <laughs> I, I believe, maybe two episodes of the Warburton Tech. Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, but two works, episodes. Thank you. Works with Sonnenfeld. Okay. Uh, Are you a on Men the in Black. I, well, I don't know. Rumors. Yeah, he, he works on Men in Black. I mean, he's amazing. Uh, he He's directed some of those uh, series of in, unfortunate events, which is oh, another yes. Sonnenfeld project, yes. right? Yes, yes. Um, do we like that show? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. I do, yeah, TV's for losers. Um, but uh, doesn't even get nominated for an Oscar, which is like... Insane. Absurd. Insane. Only gets... It wins one Oscar. For... Costume? Makeup. The, yeah. Oh, Which is funny certainly a deserved win. Yeah, I mean, this should have gotten every, like, score. This should have, like, ten Art direction, costume, yeah. two it's supporting It's got a stack cast. It yeah. looks amazing. Yeah. It's got a great score. And it was a very popular well film written. at the time. It yeah. was well-received, but I think... It came out in March, which probably okay. it had faded a bit, or uh, April 1st. A bit, yeah. You know, it had probably faded a little bit. But I think, I mean, this movie was sort of a mini phenomenon because it was like, here's this fully realized vision that came out of nowhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, here's this, like, perfect formed object that feels like it's tapping into all these things that were sort of, like, unspoken in the culture. Him sort of meshing together all these different elements of pop culture and artistic styles and everything. Right. 
Um, and and this is the scene where like the whole thing crystallizes and becomes sublime, and you're just like, this is the most exciting comedy director alive. Yeah. Oh, is the so Deo good. sequence? Yeah, where it you're really just like, is. How do you how, how do, do you, you feel about it? It's it's perfect. It's perfect. It's. Go I on. mean, yeah. yeah. Who would think to do this? That's yeah. the thing. Where you just go like, how do you have this idea? Yeah, it's like it's like a it's such a weird even just like a sample. Like, yeah, hold up, you. guys! You know that banana boat song from the fifties? <laughs> yeah. right. Harry Belafonte, right? Right. Like, you're like winding up that now they're gonna have their biggest scare, and then the scare yeah. is they lip sync a very well choreographed number. And yep. for me, it's like I and, and, and Dick Cavett is there. Yeah, Dick Cavett, Robert Goulet. Yeah. Like this is his like child of TV stuff where he's like. Right. Bringing in all these guys he grew up on, you know, in the way he wishes Sammy Davis Jr. was in the movie. I think this scene is what, like, cements it as, like, oh, this is a movie for me because, like, I will love anything with any dance sequence in it, you know? So it's, like, the fact that it's already um, hot and funny and, uh, you know, cool to look at and blah, blah, blah. And then we're doing a little dance? Okay. Yes. Who? Who made this dream movie and for then, young Rebecca? And then the shrimp turns into demon hands. Right. Uh, and shrimpies do look like little demons. They do. And everyone in this scene is doing shrimp Alfredo the other day. such oh, a good yeah. performance of being super possessed. Oh yeah. My new catchphrase. Yeah. Dancing excitedly and with their eyes looking terrified about what's going on. Like oh. they can't stop it. Well, like the best that always made me laugh so much and is one of those like images that's ingrained in my brain uh-huh. is now, you know, okay, pedophile, yes. Yes. But when he goes black tarantula. Yeah, tarantula. Yes. Yeah, that's the funniest thing. <laughs> so funny. And like Otho turning like, the ice bucket into yeah. like a drum. I wanna yeah. watch it right now. Yes. Yeah. Even though I watched this movie the other day yeah. and like have seen it. Uh, several times. So yeah. I want to watch the the sequence you're describing. There's like the hip, cynical, sort of like uh, art scene woman with the big bow in her hair. And she looks so good. She looks so she, who's cool. Like, she's, she's like, like a famous swaying. costume designer. Adele uh, Lutz. Yeah, Adele yeah. Lutz, right. Who was my friend's mom growing up. She was not Did she stop being an actress. mom later? Yeah, no, she's not. <laughs> I, she's I, I she's like a costume designer. Yeah. She's got a great look. But, uh, yeah. but I and like she can move. Knew my friend's mom. She lived in the neighborhood. I'd go over their house after school all the time. And then I saw this movie when I was like eight or nine and was like, this is the best fucking thing. And then when my friend's mom shows up, I was like, how did nobody tell me <laughs> this whole time? And my parents were like, you didn't even know this movie existed. We weren't hiding anything. You from sound me. like a calm child. So I was a very calm child. Yes. Mother. Uh, <laughs> it's just part of that best scene. Um, all of those looks too. all of the costume, like for the women, I mean, specifically mm-hmm. uh, are really great. I mean, you've got that span, weird spandexy, like gold on uh, the blonde lady. What's her fucking name? Can't remember. Oh, uh, but she, it's like yes. a sort of two piece thing. Like, I don't know. It looks it's so good. I think her name is um like, oh, fuck. what is it? Is it? Eh, I don't remember. She's There's got, a bunch. I'm looking at the act. She's just very bronzed. Yes. The whole thing. It's all great. She's the one who says, like, I didn't even know I could do the Calypso yes, or whatever. Exactly. S- Susan Kellerman? Now, the yeah. reason everyone came over for dinner is that Jeffrey Jones has called yes. them and said, like, I can develop this town. They don't yeah. know what they're sitting on. Right. Um, so he's Very trying excited. to pitch them on this thing. And they're like, Charles, just relax. Be retired. We don't care about any right. of this. Right, right, right. But then they were just looking to have some fun. Yeah. Right. Once the ghost thing happens, everyone latches onto this as a business idea. Like, what if this is like a theme park town? Yes. So they send Lydia to like go get the ghosts. Right. And of course, the ghosts are bummed out because, you know, their awesome thing didn't work. Right. It didn't scare them. Their performance was too good. Right. Honestly. Uh, Too enjoyable. So now, desperate times call for desperate measures. They call in the big guy. They say the name three times. They get shrunk down to uh, the graveyard of their model. Yep. 
And uh, Keaton just throws straight heat for five minutes. Yeah, he does. He just throws straight heat. It's yeah. banger after banger after banger. Costume Welcome change. Welcome Kmart change. Uh, shoppers. Grope after grope. So, yeah. I love he just gr- wants to touch an ass. Yes. He's like, uh, constantly. And the, and the bit when he changes into the exact version of what uh, Adam Maitland is wearing and acts like they're yes. bros. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, and he keeps on trying to like end every note with like, right, right, right. And then kiss Gina Davis. He's got mm-hmm. this physicality to him where I feel like it's just his body is so, his butt is kind of His butt's out. always right. out. And he's kind of like. distended belly. Like, yeah. He moves like an animated character in the way that like in a Looney Tune you can have Buzz, Buzz, Bugs Bunny be in one extreme position. Sure. And mm. then immediately switch to a different position without the movement in between. And he somehow can do that as a person. And he moves yeah. so fast that he's just like going from like one extreme pose to another. Yeah. And he does it with such charisma. Truly, he's so charming. Yeah. He's so charming. And it looks like he doesn't have bones, kind of. Yeah. Sure. Like, he's just like a Simultaneously, glob he of a doesn't person. have bones and he has too many bones. Like, yeah. it's somehow, like, he's bending only in the wrong places. Well, one of my favorite, like, physical things from him is when he's uh, distracted by the... The like the inferno room, the strip mm-hmm. club, and he he's like uh, he does his he, weird like, crotch dance, dance. He dances, yeah. Literally, that dance to this the strip club is makes so me fun. laugh so hard, and I and I'm like he's he's horny, he's ready to go. They they unleash him. He turns into a amazing stop motion snake man. Yeah, he's like I'm a snake. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't and, say and that. And starts cool and scary. Yeah, terrorizing yeah. everybody. Yep. Uh, they uh, they they send him back. They realize that they can't control him. He's too much. Mm-hmm. I know it's it all happens so fast. It does. Yes. It work. It doesn't work out immediately. No. <laughs> right. No. So they've tried it on their own. The people find it too entertaining. Right. They've tried letting the juice, Mister B, letting juice go on the loose. Sure. The goose with the moose. Yes. Sure. <laughs> all true. Babe. I also just love that he said he calls everyone babe a lot. Sure. It's cool. So it's now, now that very I, sexy. I want to start doing that. Could that be my new thing? Or I'm like, hey, babe, does it work? <laughs> no. I think that you okay, could pull cool. it off. I think there's a lot of people who okay. cannot pull that off. David seems to not think I can pull it off. <laughs> I he think thinks you it's bad, can pull it off. I, I think you can pull it off. Yeah. I think you can. Right, Will you can pull and a lot of stuff off. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, babe. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Actually, physically <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> I had a bad visceral reaction to you saying that. And I love you, Ben. Okay. Um, but but the uh, the goose himself is vanquished by Juno. Right. They get sent back, and she's like, "What did I fucking tell you guys?" Yeah. Right. She's mad, furious. Right. She's like, "You." Dumb They're breaking all the rules. Um, I forgot like a couple of my favorite visual gags in the movie. I love the guy in the office who's been flattened by the truck. So funny. Yes. Who's on the conveyor belt going through the slats what on the wall? He, what's, what's his joke? And he's like, "How you feel? How you doing? Fine, whatever." Like, I feel a little flat myself. Ah! Ah! Yeah. Um, and that's that's like Burton defined. Like, right. that yeah. he will go that far to make that lame a joke. Yes. Yeah, you know really what I mean. Like, that is what Tim Burton's deal is. Right. That level of like this complicated makeup right. effect for like a joke that like would. Like, like, is Tim Burton be on, like, funny? The Lawrence Welk show or right. something. Or right. lame. Like, I can't tell. Right. <laughs> right. That's like, both. it's his weird combination of, like, growing up on, like, weird 70s variety shows and also growing up on, like, Val Luton horror movies. Yeah. And he puts them all in the same zone at the same time. 
Um, but but Juno is now like so stressed out because she's got to deal with these fucking football players so who don't know they're funny. dead. They Keep on calling her coach. They That's roll. so cute to me. I they're always so thought cute. that was really cute. Like, coach, where's the bathroom? There's that amazing gag where like through her window, there's like the blacklight waiting room of people watching mm-hmm. them. It looks mm-hmm. like they're like the audience of a movie theater. Um, and at first you think there is still a photo, but she just makes it clear that like this, this cannot be, you cannot. Work uh, harder. Yes. Uh, and oh, because then is that when he steals the book, Otho? Is that when he steals, does yes. he steal the book? Yes, because they're yes. gone. Um, uh, Lydia like is so despondent that she decides that she's going to kill herself because she likes them. She hates her parents. Yeah, she doesn't get that. I Means that's going to doom her to a life of like municipal work. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, and 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 because the. Guy who Good is save. the title oh. of the movie. Uh-huh. All right, yeah. Because the guy, that because, was just a little yeah. peek into what the musical is going to sound like. Uh-huh. Because he, because he is like, he's there like tanning, and he he warns her. Right? Doesn't yes. he say like, hey, don't. Right. Yeah. Which means, um, actually. Good guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got that's one it. good message. <laughs> Just that, that uh, that's like the big weight. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, my standards are so low. I'm just like, who will date me? Um, <laughs> Someone who tells me not to commit suicide? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, because they don't re-summon him until they do the... Uh, she uh, resummons. No, I'm saying until right. until Otho is doing the the Correct. supposed. Yes. He's been vanquished. Seance. Otho right. has gotten the book. They've broken in. They found the model because he was a paranormal uh, expert at right. some, some right. point right. in his right. life. Lydia's despondent, and they come out with their scary heads. Right, they we, we worked heads. harder. Another amazing like Burton visual. Very frightening. Um, he loves his conical, you know, his uh, sort of dog shape. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that weird Frankenweenie dog shape. Thing. When he does interviews now, he talks about how he can't watch this or Pee Wee because the stop motion effects look so hokey. Hmm. And what was incredible. It's a huge bummer that you just told me. That. It's the biggest bummer That's, in the world. That explains everything that is bad about him. Right. Now. Right. Because you watch this and you're like, he's not trying to make things look realistic. He's creating his own visual style. Right. Yeah, and then like he looks at it and he's like, this is a bad execution of what I wanted to be doing because of the limitations of the technology. And right. it's like, he should still be doing stop motion in sure. live action movies. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell the guy how to live his life. And maybe, yeah, maybe he sees and he's like, God, I wish I had CGI back then, but I'm. I'm glad he didn't. But the weird yeah. herky-jerky quality to like when they're transforming their yeah. faces and sticking so their hands and their skulls and everything, it like adds comedy to it. Of course. It's also just like what the whole thing, that like that tactile thing, like it's the same th- things that uh, burn in my memory of like them digging uh, into like the cardboard, like Ugh, to get yeah. to, you know, all of these right. very the textural right. things. Yes. Is it's so a very textural cool. movie. Yeah. Um, but also, wait, the, the, the sculptures. The cool. face that he makes when he when he when he Alec he's Baldwin put it back, but he's still got the Cyrano nose. No, when he but when they go in and he has his glasses and he uses his fingers with the oh, eyes to so look good. through the glasses yes. to yes. look at her. It's that's so funny. very funny, especially so since he good. has too many eyes. Yeah. I also love that when he's talking with his transformed face, the mouth sort of like flaps like a puppet. Right. And when she's talking with her wide open mouth, the mouth like, stays wide open, but the tongue right. just sort of moves a little bit. It like so curls creepy. and uncurls. Um, but they decide, like, maybe maybe it's better if we all just find a way to live together peacefully. Right. They go. They stop Lydia from killing herself. They tell her, like, please, we, we would give out. anything to be alive. You know, don't make a mistake you'll regret for, for centuries. We're right. going to all work together. We're going to come to some sort of agreement. What they don't realize is the Dietz has become craven. 
They want to commercialize the Maitlands, make them their dancing monkeys. <laughs> yeah. Listen, they're working. So they hold the what they think is a seance, but it's really like an exorcism or something, right? Like it's, it's right. They think they're bringing them, them to life, but right. it makes them crumble in yeah. their their wedding clothes. You're which killing is like really, them. Yeah, they're already dead. And this that is, scene is so sad. So, it is oh, sad. Like, Gina turning into a skeleton. And them just sort of like hands. lovingly like mm-hmm. holding each other and accepting their fate. Yeah. Um, they at least get to die again together. Sure. Even Delia at that point is like, okay, stop. Yeah, you know? this is too like, much. And Otho himself is also like, I don't know how to stop. Yeah, Otho yeah. quickly is like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. Right, it's out of This has got to And this is one of those things where you think like in a practical era, this one scene must have taken like eight days to shoot. Because every time they cut back to the Maitlands and they're more decayed, that's an entirely different makeup application. Right. Mm. God. You you're know? Right. Like, that's like a different four-hour makeup application. Just for them to gaze at each other like, oh. Right. It's like the American Werewolf in London transformation where it's like each of those shots took like eight hours to set up. Jesus. Mm, that stresses me out. I want to do it. Yeah. Put me in a movie. That's but, what Tim Burton's like. But Lydia is Fuck like, it. Hail Mary Pass. CGI Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hail Mary Pass, there's only one way yeah, I know yeah, how to yeah, say yeah. You got to bring him in. You got to bring in the goose. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one Babe. of one of the weirdest qualities of this movie is that his name is spelled B E T E L G U E S. We didn't stipulate if we could say Beetle Geist. I think we can. Okay. Sure, we there can do whatever go. we want. You can say That's it true. three times, Rebecca. You have one. These. Um, but the movie is titled after the weird phonetic way that he tries to get Lydia to guess his name. Right. Yeah. Which then becomes oh. like how the name has written up in history. And then the funniest thing where he like he's like and, and then there's the beetle, he's like, Hey, how are you? <laughs> that guy is hilarious. But also all that like beetle oh beetle drink, yeah, beetle, beetle breakfast. Breakfast, yeah. you idiot, Lydia. Come on. And, you need some steaks, you need right. some uh yeah, some no. tension here, you know. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Right, but but this is like here he's coming in with with his BDE, like his big mm. dick energy, his mm. BJE, right? Sure. Because from the moment she like comes to the board and he's sitting on the the tombstone, he's he filing so his cool. nails. Right. He knows he's got he's the in suit it. on. Yeah, he's ready he knows for he's got it going. He gets on. her to guess it, and then he does his. It's showtime. Yeah, and America showtime. is changed forever. And then you're like. Cool. Uh, I'm wet. <laughs> right. Theme yeah. ramps up. Here he is as a carnival barker. Sure. Yes. Like an amazing, amazing visual. Uh, him slowly being raised, like lit from underneath. All the smoke in the room. His inflating arms. Yeah, that's He good. does his whole thing. And then he's out of the suit. Mm-hmm. Right. He's Because he's in that prom suit. Uh, for the wedding. Right. He says like he Which he's is cute. in the that's suit cute. for he that conversation. I like the suit better. But you're right. You're saying like that's the extent of the stripey suit. Right. He's in the suit. They just look so damn Getting good, Lydia right? to guess oh, it. Then he's in a right. variation of the suit when he's in his carnival barker mode with yeah. like his spinning like top head. Mm. And then he's back in the suit for half a second when he has his line where he's like uh, and that's why I don't do two shows a night anymore. Yeah, I, can't, I don't. I can't so do good. it. Oh, also when he's doing the when it's coming up the you know the carnival thing, the top of it has the little Jacks little Jack Skellington little guy, early Jack Skellington, yeah. little face. Yeah. Um, but he of course had made the deal with with Lydia. He helped her to get married. And I was like, she's dumb for not liking this. But then he immediately changes into his his beautiful prom tux. Yeah. To make her an honest woman. Yeah. The uh, the fireplace turns into like weird Caligari door. Yeah, there's the weird minister uh, yeah. creature. 
This also is why whenever is I that, would play... Is that Tony Cox? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Tony Cox of Bad Santa fame yeah. is the minister. Bad Santa. He's a naughty guy. Uh, he's a real bad Santa. <laughs> he's real bad. No, when I would play MASH as a small child, uh, I would always be like, um, and my wedding dress is going to be red because of this, because her oh, dress yeah, is yeah. red. I mean, she looks terrific. It's They're a great dress. Outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like this is now like the, the dramatic tension of the movie is how do we stop the wedding? Just ride a snake and eat him. Yeah, very easy. Yeah. Easy, right. Mm. Uh, his whole process of like stopping them from saying the name, the bit with the metal plate on her face, oh, the so zipper. Good. I love the metal plate. Yes. That's my plate favorite. Of, yeah. And she's like, trying to pry yeah. it off. Uh, yeah. Baldwin driving the car around and trying to like yeah. hit his feet. Like all that shit is great until uh, Barbara gets, uh, you know, vanished and rides in on a sandworm and saves the day. And then yep. she's the- uh, Of course, as we all knew. Would. Prequel yeah. to- uh, Queen of Dragons. Yes. I see. She is the original. <laughs> Becca sort of Game tilted of her head and gave me a look like, I did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> did you know? I was say, like, oh, she means uh, Game yeah. of Thrones? Yeah. To, all, to all the bros out there, uh, yeah, I've watched Game of Thrones. Wow. So I'm uh, sexually viable. <laughs> and to all the bros out there, I have still yet to ever watch an episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm bored, honestly, but yeah. <laughs> let's get it over with. Um. No, but this, this, I mean, it's just, it's fucking great. And also, crazy feminism. Stuff. Feminism, because she saves the day. Duh. Yes. Yes. Sam, sure, sure, the sure. Sandworm is also a woman. Yes, Sandworm is definitely a woman. woman. Obviously. Sandworm is definitely a woman. She, like, has lipstick on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I love my, that. My second favorite sequence is right after this. What do you love? What do you love? Delia's sculptures that have been so, oh, like. Uh, she doesn't want to be killed by her art. Right. Yeah. Become, <laughs> yes. Become malevolent. What did she say earlier witnesses. in the movie? She's like, my art is dangerous. <laughs> Me too. My art is also dangerous. Yep. <laughs> but I like that once like the day is saved, everyone can see everyone now. There's that moment where they all kind of look at each other. Right. And they're like, okay, we can maybe make this work. Right. Uh, and then you cut ahead to the best domestic setup in history. He's reading yeah. the he's reading the book, how to what is it? A guide to like co parenting your yeah. yeah. With it's with dead people. I don't know right. what it is, right. but it's something like Delia that. frightens him with the sculpture. So funny. Um, but she's on the 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 cover of Art in America. She yes, got it. She did it. She did it. As uh, she should. And the Maitlands are like her tutors, right? She got an A on math. Yeah, so she gets to do so a little to fly. And I got an A. Dance around, the jump in the line. Yeah, yeah. I love all this. It's so, it's just so much and fun. Beetle, yeah, Beetle Jay's. Uh, I, I said Beetle Jay. I know. I was just reaching for my book. I'm getting close. Uh, head gets shrunk. Oh, yeah. oh good. Just Not, a little a little goose for the road. They yeah. give you just a little goose for the road in the waiting room. I loved just He grabs the, the leg. The well, yeah, grabs the leg of the, the cut and one half last horniness assistant. for you. Yeah. But, but also the bit him thinking that he can pull off the bait and it's switch with so the numbers. Funny. Just right. no, that shot of just like the guy's hand just still in that position, he just throws he just, it. He doesn't even put it, it in his head, he just sort of tosses it towards Fuck him. It. Yep. Yeah, I laugh so hard. And then he immediately goes like, eh, let me see where I oh, oh. Okay, next. <laughs> like immediately calls attention <laughs> to he's it. Funny. He's so funny. So funny. I want to date him. And then he gets his nice little shrunken head. And he's like, wait, oh, this is gonna be a good look for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They never made a sequel. Uh, they had a sequel premise. They Burton asked Burton if he wants to do one. He said, I would love to. Here's the premise. Beetlejuice goes, goes Hawaiian. Which I want to watch which that just so is, bad. He just thinks it's funny. He said, I think so too. He I, said, yeah. like, I've set up this aesthetic. What's the weirdest thing I could add to the universe in contrast? And he was like, the absolute opposite of German expressionist horror films is Frankie Valley beach movies. I mean, right, imagine right. him in a Hawaiian shirt. Cute. 
that was gonna it was somehow Beetlejuice had to like oh, Jesus Christ. Um that's the character once. Uh the man himself, the ghost with the most, uh had to like scare off developers in order to save the beach or something. That's funny. Uh-huh, it right, was right, like right. a beach blanket bingo thing. Oh my god, can you imagine it though? Like visually it's like Scooby Doo. It would have been unbelievable. But also no one ever crashed. Ghost it. Island. <gasps> yeah. Uh yeah. it oh. will never get made because it's owned by the Geffen Film Company. Uh-huh. And then, right, and then more recently, Warner Brothers hired Seth Graham Smith, uh, writer of Dark Shadows and other things. And both Burton and Keaton have said that they would like to do it if they got the script that worked. They've right. been talking about it. Winona has also said, like, I'm down. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And Keaton's obviously, like, a viable movie star again now. <laughs> I feel like a, sort of. a, a Beatles. Hey. Yes. <laughs> Counterpoint, yes. Counterpoint? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, the only times that I've, like tangibly that I'm like I'm so attracted to Michael Keaton is like this movie and Spotlight like it, that's where it goes not, not Bruce Wayne at all other guys though no. so good not other guys in Spotlight he's like I got a job and in, and in Beetlejuice he's like I got a job he does have yeah. a job in Spotlight you know? but just, the thing is, is with, the, with the Beetlejuice like <laughs> sequel though for okay that's the only time there you go. Da, na, na, I think we've na, all na, said na, it like 50 na, times now not, not me I got a clean slate no 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 but I don't know how they do a sequel Without him, like being, uh, like a predator, <laughs> that's and the trying to make it, you know. And this is what I've heard about the musical, and especially in a post-animated zone. It's like the problem is if you actually continue the story and play up how creepy it is. Yeah, it's upsetting. But apparently, the musical has kind of sanitized him. Where you're like, wait, is he supposed to be a threat? I want it, him it's, to be. Horny. It's been thirty years. Yeah, you know, you can't quite no. do. The old uh, wow. character. Let's yeah. play the box office game. Yeah, it's just crazy to think that Warner Brothers watches this movie and goes like, "Oh, that's who should make Batman." Wait, can I just it tell is. you? Especially because he's made two pure I comedies. Think he was at this already point. on, like, already on the Batman train by the time this movie. I don't think it had even come out yet. They were so happy with the yeah. results. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's totally Becca, nuts. Becca, what do you do? I just want to tell you my last note that mm-hmm. I have on here. <laughs> it's just. It's that Beetlejuice is confident. <laughs> That's he, what it is. It's big dick energy. It's he's that he's confident. He's, he's, he's a confident boy. Yeah. I aspire. Um, which is why the movie opened number one on April 1st, 1988. Are you sure it did or was dollars. that, or were they kidding when they opened on April 1st? Oh, you're a good point. Oh my God. That um, was funny. How do I know this entire box office game isn't some goof? Uh, can, can you tell me the domestic gross of BJ? 80? 73. Yeah. Adjusted, that's 163. Yeah, big hit. Number one. Number two. What did it open with? Eight million. Yeah. Solid opening. Um, a film from a very big director based on a play starring a, a cute actor of the 80s. I like those. Cute. So are they young? Yeah. A child? No. Like a, a young man. Starring a young man who's cute. It's based on a play. It was the first time the play had been adapted for the screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. It's uh, a very famous play. A very famous play. Was it a recent play at that time, or was it a classic play that was finally making it to the big screen? That is a good question that I will answer for you. I want to know who this cute boy is. Soon. And the answer's coming. It had premiered on Broadway three years earlier, so it was a new play. New play. Cute boy. Very famous director. It's also the... It's the second. It's true. It's the second play in a trilogy. 
Is it a Neil Simon? Correct. Is it Biloxi, Biloxi Blues? Biloxi Blues. And who's yeah. the star? That cutie Maddie Broderick. And who's the director? Uh, Mike Nichols? Correct. Yeah. We love Mike Nichols. Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> Biloxi we, we Blues. We stand Mike Nichols in this house. We stand my mom does. Shout out my mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Biloxi Blues. Kind of a hit. Yeah, kind of a hit. He's Doesn't, got, as, as Ben says, he's got a, a big kiss on the cheek. Kiss on the cheek. Right. Brag. Um, number three, uh-huh. another adaptation of a, a seminal 80s work, a novel. Big 80s novel. Starring another cute boy of the 80s. It's not less than zero, is it? No, but you're, you know, you're sort of in the zone. Bright Lights, Big City. Bingo. Mikey J. Bingo. Mickey J. Fox, I'd say directed that's by James Bridges. What, like New York is like Big, big, big Lights? Oh, yeah. That movie is rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he was on this run. Like, people forget that, like, the four or five Michael J. Fox movies after Back to the Future all were big hits. Mm-hmm. The Secret of My Success did really well, a movie that no one will ever watch ever again. Uh-huh. Uh wh- What if I watch it tonight? Uh, well, Go ahead. Then I will. You have called my bluff. <laughs> <laughs> Number four uh, is a reissue of an animated film. A Disney picture? Yes. Oh, we got so excited. Hmm. Here's 1988. This animated film at this point. Um, let's see. When when I'm trying to find when it's like original. Yeah, that would help me. Is it a uh, princess picture? This animated film is seven years old, not a princess. It's not a princess picture. It's only seven years yeah. old. But you know, we're still in the sort of the, the nascent VHS era, so you'd still bring your movie back in theaters. Right. So this isn't uh, it's only seven years old. It's an eighties Disney film. So one of the ones that, that isn't wasn't much beloved Fox and the Hound? Correct. Which right in one Tim Burton worked on as Freakily. an animator. Oh yeah, yeah. Number five mm-hmm. is a film that I'm not familiar with, so let's look it up. It's mm-hmm. an apocalyptic drama. I like those, starring Demi Moore. Apocalyptic drama starring Demi Moore. You've Correct. never heard of it before. I, I don't know this movie. Yeah, I don't know. What's the title of this movie? Uh, Michael Bean is in it. Jurgen Prochnow plays Jesus of Nazareth oh, himself. I need a what? It's called The Seventh Sign. Yeah, Duh. never heard of it. It's a film. Okay. Don't you tell me otherwise. It made $18 million <laughs> in the domestic box office. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've also got um, Johnny B. Good. He better. Uh, with Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. We've got Good Morning Vietnam. Big hit. Uh, massive hit. That's like in its like 16th yeah. week or whatever. Yeah. We got, oh, Police Academy 5 Assignment. Miami Beach. Correct. They're pointing. Your origin story. Party in the city where the <laughs> heat is no, on. No, Will Smith's still a baby at this point. <laughs> yeah. oh, not a baby. Okay, well then, uh, you know, Celia Cruz. Um, <laughs> That's Cuba. Just for the listeners, David points at me anytime Police Academy. Yeah, Police there was a lot right. of yeah. pointing that Well, happened. you have gotten excited in the past when Police Academy was in the box. Well, it it went point rule. to right. Ben, then point, then I pointed Griffin. To point. Ben about Police Academy. And then to Griffin to, to make the guess yes. and then to Becca to acknowledge that the great city of Miami. It's very pointy. Yeah. yeah. My God. I do like to point. And I love that about you. Continue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like your new catchphrase too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I stole it from you. <laughs> I just don't want to steal it as you like sort of infected my brain with it. Mm. You're welcome. Sure. So, so I usually like rewatch the movies for this podcast like the night before or the day of. Right. Which you often say is a bad idea because it usually results in me being late because I'm rushing to finish the movie. Sure. Or maybe like watching the movie on your phone as right. we mm-hmm. prep for the episode. Bad yes. time management. That's only right. happened one time. And it was when we were recording two episodes back to back. I think it happened twice. But it only happened once. Right. It only happened once. All right. 
Uh, it was for the visit. My God, I remember He's the visit. Getting yeah. hit. Well, the visit so episode mad. was where you you actually had like twenty minutes left. Yeah, and I was like, "Hey, can you guys uh, hold on for a second? I have to go to the bathroom." <laughs> um, no, but like sometimes I have to like. Oh, I got a doctor's appointment in the morning, and then we're recording, so I download the movie to my iPad and I watch it in a bagel shop and things like that. Sure. But like I watched this movie two weeks ago because I couldn't help but watch it. Yeah. My girlfriend Humblebrag and I, uh, like, we're just like, "Fuck it, let's watch Beetlejuice right now." Right. And so the movie ended and she just went, it's perfect. Yes, that's mm. what I was talking to her about this last it's night. It's a perfect movie. And she was like, Okay, everyone's movie. met Griffith's girlfriend but me. You will meet her very <laughs> soon. <Rude. laughs> it's being arranged. The yeah. date will be set. Yes. I'll, We're going to have dinner, the two just of the you two up. of us, like in, well, like in Monster and Law. We don't have much time, but maybe do you want to sp- on the record say what you thought about her? Oh, please. Yes, let's do this. Me? I did? Yeah. Okay. I thought she was. Okay. She. Is literally now the light of my life. Hell's yeah. Perfect. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And she's a punk and yet sweet. And that's a hard balance to find. Maybe. She was wearing a circle jerk shirt last night. That's what I heard. So now Ben stands her as a punk legend. She's cooler than Griff, which is not very hard. Correct. And um, I support. And she's going to find, she has a hot brother that she's going to set me up. Oh, she does does kind of have. Okay. Like oh, really? Yeah. They're right. always in relationships, hot brothers. I know. Never with me. Anyway. Um, but but she was saying, like, it's one of those movies where, like, I remember seeing it for the first time and just feeling like, yep, right, yeah. No, I've, like, had this movie right. in my head the whole time. I think yeah. I was pretty aware of it already, I guess, just uh, from the zeitgeist. But, but I was but just, not, like, right. I think I was surprised by so much of it. Because there's that element, I'm saying, of the inevitability of, like, oh, I know how much it's in the zeitgeist before I watch it for the first time. But it's also just, like, I think much in the same way of like Blue Velvet, where like David Lynch like pulled this thing she out of it. like the sort of public consciousness that no one had ever like coalesced into like one coherent statement before. And everyone was like, yeah, this is like, I understand where this is coming mm. from, even though it's unprecedented. I this movie, I think, functions yeah. the same way where it's just like, yep, no, right, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. There was a period of time where I was thinking about pursuing acting and uh, I prepared a monologue. I did uh, Dennis Hopper. Uh-huh. Uh, in Super Mario Brothers. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the funnier thing, so yes. Okay. <laughs> Good. And that's the story. Uh, that the story no, did you, do, did you do the Frank Booth? That's yeah, really like cool. the insane blue velvet. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. You probably killed that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. he, he's a really good actor. Well, um, I just yeah. more I'm a psychotic person. So, yeah. do, do you think uh, Juilliard has Goose on their like wall of alumni? They should. They should. Do you think he donates? Uh, scabs. Okay. Dry he scabs. Donates dry scabs that he comes. Shout out Bechdel Pass. Yes. Uh, final thoughts on this. Uh, this movie fucks. It slaps. It sure. slaps. Um, it eats bugs. It eats That's bugs. Right. This was an era uh, where like this movie was uh, released. People didn't know it was going to be a thing. And then it became so popular in the cartoon series later and all of it. That there was like a lot of merchandise that happened later. Mm-hmm. There was an item I was trying to find on, on eBay to get to bring into the studio today. And I forgot. But uh, it's they made a Beetlejuice like mask. Okay. Not like a Halloween mask. But it was like a toy like plastic mask. You could pretend to be a Beetlejuice. But it had a pump with that. it. So you could squeeze it and the snakes would fly out of the back of your head. That's good. That's pretty cool. It's really fucking cool. It's called the Beetlejuice Fright Mask. I think personally there's therapy that I need to do to, oh, I, so uh, you know, time. break yeah. down why this is still the type of suitor I'd like. Um, but that's just something I'm too lazy to do. So I accept it. 
and I am unashamed and I I I think I just want to get into that guy's Yeah, head. no, look, this movie was a sexual awakening for all Everyone. of us. Yeah. Uh it's it's a weird foundational yeah. text. Uh and and now it's right, right. It's a movie that's like changed uh, the the landscape forever. Like all comedy exists in a post He made it okay to be horny. <laughs> he thank you. That's our final statement. Yeah. A big thanks to Mr. Deuce Tim for Burton, making the it least okay sexual to director of all time. Yeah. <laughs> no one's worse with sex than Tim Burton. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca, classroom crush. Yep. Where it is. is it? Where is it? It's Bring coming it back. back. Okay. I think Ben's going to be my season premiere. Would that no, be that hilarious? It's going to be seven hours long. <laughs> yeah. Let's give him. Because the people want it. I sure. think. Yeah. So you've both been on it. That's true. We Thank you. If you yeah. want to be on it again. Hey, I live here Happily. now. Yeah. Yeah. So what's up yeah, with that? You're a New Yorker. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm a real New York gal. I watched Sex in the City, which is hilarious that I did that. Um, you watched yes. it only after you moved here? Yeah, I was like, yeah. "That's a, this is a funny bit. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, please follow Classroom Crush on Twitter and subscribe to Classroom Crush and follow me, Almond Milk Hotel. Just oh, a great good, good Twitter, Twitter name. Yes. It's never going to get old. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you uh, so much. I mean, you really did like uh, help help boost this podcast in the early days. Truly, it's been my pleasure. And thank you for having me a lowly, uh, just commenter of the podcast no, no. Uh, world sure. no. on the show. No, you're a superstar. No, I mean, I agree. I'm like writing a play. Isn't that funny? Anyways, yeah, if, I do, if really I do a play and, and it says Rebecca Boldez, come to it. Uh, yes. Uh, Beetlejuice the Musical coming to Broadway uh, written by Rebecca Boldez. Beetlejuice. And now I'm adding that. That's the only chalk in my musical column. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to Andrew Gouda for our social media, Lane Montgomery for our theme song, Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Uh, go to blankies.red.com for some real nerdy shit. Go to Public for some real nerdy merchandise. And also next week, David, mm. we have a special episode on the movie Aquaman. That's right. The DC Extended Universe. Do you see continues. what I'm doing here? He's sort of swimming like a fish. I'm diving in. Oh, he's diving in. We're going to dive into Aquaman. We're all going to go see it. And then we're going to talk about it. We're all going to see it together, which will be fun. Yeah, it was always it was always a good time. I know. The boys. And the other thing is that apparently it's great. So no or like, it's apparently it's like silly and fun. So good. hopefully we will find it silly and fun. Yes. Um. So next week, Aquaman. That's our last episode of 2018. Yeah, we're going to be taking a week we'll, off. We'll be dark New Year's week. Yeah. Um, but, and go ahead. But but we do have a special announcement to make. I know. We do. It's a big deal. Uh, we're going to be starting in 2019 introducing uh, a Patreon. That's right. We'll be the first podcast with a Patreon. No one has ever the thought of doing this before. With two friends that has a Patreon. Yes. Um. It's going to be similar to maybe some other podcasts you might follow or like in which if you chip us some uh, extra cash, five bucks a month, you're going to get three extra episodes a month. And these are big honking episodes. Ugh. Then let's talk about it. Yes. Let's so, talk about what we've been doing. So far, these boys have been uh, having me watch <laughs> marathon, like three movie sitting 
of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Gr- Griffin and I will talk about more this more next week on Aquaman just to set this things up. But yes, we're 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 doing franchises, folks. These are the, the the movies that just don't fit into our director format that we might not be able to cover. That definitely have blank check all over them. You know, that have been made for crazy amounts of money and do all kinds of weird things. We're starting with the Marvel movies because, I mean, we talk about the Marvel movies on this podcast all the time. And and we need more white men <laughs> to talk about Marvel movies. And we're just, they're commentaries. We sit uh-huh. down on my couch. Ben's there. Yep. We flick the movie on and we just talk and talk and talk. It's got kind of the energy of the old Star Wars episode that's really like, Wild and goofy. We've done a bunch of them so far. They're a lot of fun. They've been so fun. Uh, it's kind of like just hanging out with the the two friends and producer Ben. Um, so each of those episodes obviously is as long as the movie, if not longer. And then also we're going to toss it. We'll get two of those a month and we'll toss in another episode a month. That could be a mailbag. It could be a review of like a weird movie like What Men Want or something that we uh, can't fit onto the main feed. Maybe um, uh, exclusive audio from like a, a live yes. uh, 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 event. Yes, like our interview with James Seamus after the Hulk screening, things like that. Again, we're going to talk about this more, but we just wanted to alert you that the Patreon feed is being set up. I think it's going to be in the show description. Yes. Know, there'll be a link to it. We'll have the link sure live we'll tweet in the it out. show description. Yeah, Sign up now. And, you know, you won't be charged till January. And January 1st, we're going to post an episode. Iron Man. Yeah. Right, Ben? That's right. All right. And lastly, it's very exciting. And it's a great way to support the show. It's a way for us to pay, like, Ben and Ange and ourselves for all the, like, ridiculous work we do on this podcast. It'll be fun. It'll be very interactive. Like, you guys are going to be able to, like, communicate what you want to us. There's no bits involved. Oh, there is an absolute ban on bits. Yeah. yeah. So just be aware of that. And then lastly, I just want to let everyone know, maybe I could say this, you know what? Too many announcements. We'll save it for next week. What the heck was your other announcement? 2019 Sundays at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. The episodes will officially post. I'll save it for 4 a.m. But we'll, we again, we'll talk about this more in Aquaman. We just wanted to give you a heads up. That's what's coming. 2019. All right. And now, Griffin, do your stupid thing. And as always... Beelges, Beelges, Beelges. You like it? I mean, it? I figured you were right.